attention. This is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> a couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward yeah, and had the right ideas. Time for the You Watch I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Terrible, and I love it. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm ready to go whenever you are. Oh, we're recording. Oh, we've been recording? Okay. Not really, like a little bit. Okay, fine. I wanted the audience to get a little bit of a taste of This is, yeah, like the arguments that we have on the show are exactly what they're like off the mic. It's it's normal. Yeah, this is is our normal behavior. Uh, This is episode 90 of You Watch, I Listen. Yes. Um, We were just arguing about the movie Olympus Has Fallen. Um, So it was a pointless fucking argument. Yeah, there was no reason for the argument um, because I think we all like the movie. It's just where we think it stands in the lexicon. I think it's great. Obviously, it's not like Die Hard. Come on, no, now. it's not. It's not even like a top one hundred all time action movie. I it's agree a good. With it's you. a good action movie. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's fucking great. Um, I love it. I didn't see any of the sequels, but I can't imagine they were better. I'm London, sure they just try to be one up the whole time. London is Fallen is surprisingly great, and then the third one is ugh. yeah. What was the last one? Um, uh, Angel is Fallen. Angel is Fallen. Because I think because then it's just like then it's just a Liam Neeson nonstop movie. I think. Yeah. Well, that's it's the thing with like a, a storyline like that. It was the same thing. The first Taken was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and then like how many times can the, the, how many times can the same shit happen to the same guy's well, like, family? Well, the whole part is that he, he just it's not taken. It's like taken, and you're also a terrible father. Yeah, at that point, he also got his like 30 year old daughter a karaoke machine for her birthday, and then she <laughs> runs away for like an idiot. Yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, no. She uh, so Liam Neeson gets her a karaoke machine because she wants to be a it's singer, like a, a and the piece of shit stepdad like the most cliche thing. Oh, I got you a pony. I got you a horse. Stupid. Yeah, you fucking asshole. What, and she was also too old for a fucking pony too. Unless She's sucking its cock. I mean, what is this, Mr. Hands? No, yeah, exactly, Mr. Pickles. Um, so, Mr. episode. Pickles. Uh, this is episode ninety. You watch, I listen. Josh, you're eating. How was your week? You're eating. He, he's just he he's holds doing, up his soda. He's doing great. I guess your week was about the same. You're like, um, what's his name? 
uh, Phil on uh, the Tom Green show that just sits back there and laughs. And uh, we don't have a Glenn Humplick right now. No, we don't. Brohau's probably Glenn Humplick. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> Taylor, how was your week? Uh, pretty good week uh, up until today when I texted you about my bullshit uh, with my with my with my paycheck. Yeah, that's surprisingly interesting. Being bounced. So it was actually Is that the it, first time it's ever happened to you. Yes. Yeah, so it was, it was a bank error. It wasn't oh. an actual company error. Uh, so what happened was was I didn't have a, I get paid on Thursdays. I didn't have a chance to deposit my check. I deposited on Sunday because I had some free time going up to the doctor's house. My check clears and it's there Monday and Tuesday. I go to check my balance this morning because I start every morning. I see where I'm at. Sure. And it's gone. Like it's fucking <laughs> South Park. So not only did they, did 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 this bank take my check, it didn't put the money back into the, the, so they the, said, the payroll account. We know account. we gave this to you, but Wait, we want it back. And then they charged me $15 to take it from me. <laughs> so I so I go to my bank rep. I go, listen, did, like, did, there's something wrong here. And yeah. she's like, well, they, you know, they could have scanned it wrong. I go, then why was it available Monday and Tuesday, but then Wednesday, Taylor has no money. And it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe they scanned it wrong. So for two days, they scanned it right. And on the third day, they said no. Nah. That's really weird. I mean, I, it's just because you obviously cleared the first two days because you had the money to balance it out. But then, uh, obviously, when they're like, this check's no good, they're like, give us our money back and dude, give us another $15. Dude, but that doesn't make any sense. Now, here's the worst part. If I didn't check, I wouldn't have known, and my rent's due this week, so that would have sucked. That would have like, been shitty. Why, why, would they take my, why would they take my check, Cause not, even no, not even notify me? That's what banks do. It is absolutely asinine. I, I like, love, so I gave them a fucking piece of my it, mind. It's so funny with things like banks when they charge like overdraft fees. So we, you don't have money. So but we're we're going to take more money from you. Not that people, they, there shouldn't be some type of punishment for overdrafting. Maybe just close your account. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I never understood the logic of, okay, we see you have no money, but we're going to take the money you don't have. So the tr- So here's the thing. Here's why I'm very fortunate. I wasn't dying for that paycheck. Yeah, sure. I, 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 I had the cash to pay. But, like, that, it just would have made it a little... Uh, you know, yeah, it makes it, it makes it a little tighter. I a mean, little tighter all of us sure. could get by on a one week without a check, but I think that we don't want to. It's nice to have the money to fall back on, of course. Or just think like, if you just want to buy something that you need or something stupid, if you well, just say you need to build a two thousand dollar computer, I don't need to. I just really want to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, you need to buy something that you don't need it, but you need it. Well, I need it because I don't. I, I have this iPad and like it's great and everything, but you like, didn't want I, a laptop. I, I, well, it's either I, I'd rather build one because I want to. I want to like game on it and yeah. shit. Plus, you know, I, I want to start streaming. There's a, there's a couple different things. Plus, I want to do video editing. Sure. There's so much shit I want to do on the PC. Um, so that's why I'm even building one. And uh, this is a shout-out to Bob because Bob made fun of me on Sunday. Okay. He's like, well, why are you making fun of me buying an exhaust? I go, because you're going to make your car sound vroom vroom for $500 for yeah, a piece of pipe. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't get it either. And like, He doesn't get building a computer. No, listen, and it's fine. You don't have to get different it. Different strokes. Saying, yeah, but, like, it's dumb strokes. Yeah, but here's Dick the strokes. thing. You're you're gonna, yeah, you're going to get more use out of a computer than one would get out of and something that just alerts the cops to where you are easier. I'm like, yo, you know what else they told us? Especially we were with cool? the way Bob drives. I go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's, let's put a $500 Flowmaster on there. Why don't you just put spokes in the wheel? I think he should, like he should put a, a spoiler on a, a Jeep. So one day I'm that driving down so 23. Angry. Okay. And uh, this Jeep keeps cutting me off. Oh, God. And I'm like, I, I didn't realize it was him. So I'm like, who the fuck is this asshole? So I keep going around. You know me. I yeah. get fucking pissed. And I'm like, okay, sure. my car's way fucking faster than your Jeep. So I go around him. Happens again. Cuts me off. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And finally we come next to each other on the highway like this. I look up and what do I see? 
he's an asshole um i i actually i was really happy with something i did um over the weekend um so on friday night i texted a a friend of ours that um i hadn't talked to in a while and it was specifically because i hadn't seen him post anything about his girlfriend recently um and i was like wondering if they were still together so i hit him up i was incredibly fucked up so i shouldn't have been sending texts at that point spooner was over and we were talking about him for some reason. I was like, hey, are you still with your girlfriend? And he's like, yeah, why? I was like, well, I, I was like, I haven't seen you post with her in a while. And for a while, you were right. posting something with her like every single day or at least on the fucking weekends. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're still together, blah, blah, blah. I, was, I met her. She came into the office with him once. Uh, unlike that ex that he had when we were at Josh's uh, bachelor party <laughs> in, in Texas. Yeah. Um, she so, hated Manfro. Yeah, she sure did. Can't, can't imagine why. Um, or as uh, Spooner's dad would call him, Man Cave. Man Cave, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, and him and I are bullshit and whatever. So he texts me this morning on my way to work. He's like, plot twist. I dumped her. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, why? He goes, well, he texted me. And then I realized that I haven't posted anything because I don't think I was happy with her. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I'm an emotional terrorist. I'm the Muhammad Atta of ending relationships. Oh, that's just perfect. <laughs> that was so, like, so, so that same person that, that text that you, sure. were, that you hit up just hit me up random. I, I haven't talked to him in like easy couple years. Well, he wants okay. to date you now. And, and, <laughs> And, and so fuck your butt. <laughs> dude, he hits me up and he goes, do you know Vernon Davis? I go, like, you mean like the NFL player? Like the NFL guy? He goes, yeah. And he goes, Denver Broncos, question mark? I go, for one season, yeah. yeah. He did win a Super Bowl go, he with was you a, guys. He was a San Francisco 49er, really. Like, that's what he's known for. 49ers, he goes, and, yeah. And he's like, I just interviewed him. I go... Cool. Awesome. You should have asked him about wow. when his uh, brother uh, got yeah. traded from the Dolphins and just wanted to call his grandma on, on hard knocks. Wow, big gulps, huh? Yeah, big gulps. See you right, later. See you later. That's, that was the extent of the conversation. Yeah, I'm trying to think. This week was kind of – I'm seeing Theo Vaughn tomorrow night, which is pretty cool. Okay. Going down to Red Bank for that. Um, I, I, you know, I like Theo a lot. I, I like him uh, when he's. I, well, I like, I like anyone less when they're with Brendan Schaub usually, but um, he's always funny. Yeah, he's. Very I do funny. wish he was still getting fucked up during shows because he used to just get blitzed and he would yeah. get funnier and funnier. Uh, Rogan is playing the Garden, and I think October. Yeah, I'm going. I to might that. need to go to that. I'm going. Although the Garden's prices are fucking stupid. Of course, they it's always more expensive. Well, it's the gar- It's a theater at Madison Square Garden. Or it's it's, no, it's, 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 no, it's the theater. It's the. Hulu Theater now, I believe. Yeah, the Hulu the theater. theater at Madison Square Garden, yeah, which no, I've gone to shows there before. Yeah, uh, uh, Rogan can't sell at the Garden No, yet. there's very few comedians in today's world that can. Ke- well, Kevin Hart did, and then Andrew Dice Clay was the first da- to ever I believe do it. Dane Cook did it as Dane, well. Dane Cook did it. That was uh, Vicious Lu- Circle. Lu- Louis did it, yeah. um, and I think Chris Rock did Chris it as Rock well. Chris Rock definitely did it. Which makes sense. It's really but, but hard. Look, but look at the names you just said. Yeah, they're all legends in their own right. right. No matter what you... And you know who else probably could just because of the demographic, and he's already starting to disappear, Sebastian Maniscalco, just because of the area. Yeah, right. He could probably sell at the garden just because of the amount of guinea fucks, like, not like me, but guinea fucks that are like Josh and I's families that would go see him. Yeah. I have cousins that, like, love him, and I'm like, you guys are assholes. Yeah, well, he's got that bit about lasagna and the grandmother uh, cooking yeah. lasagnas in the basement. And, like, I know some people that get fucking wet over that shit. Yeah, and they're like, like. And it's like, listen, you know that's a fucking caricature. When have you ever seen somebody's grandma cooking fucking lasagnas in a basement? Like, no, it's not, it's not funny. It's not funny no, because the it's, grandmother, a, it's a caricature. The grandmother takes over laugh. the kitchen at 9 a.m. And is making dinner at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's what the grandmother is. She's not being re- sent down to the fucking basement to cook. The kitchen is her domain. And that's not women in general, but I have some ideas, ladies. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's Italian grandmother. Thing. I actually said that to the, the landlord on Friday. She was like, uh, you know, I usually do most of the cooking. Dan does most of the cleaning. And I was like, you know... <laughs> 
frankly, I think we both agree you should be doing both. And like she just slowly turned her head and looked at me. I was like, but I could try both because I'm not fucking stupid. I, I could try, but I'm not going. You don't want me cooking. I mean, it's easier if she does meal preps on Sundays because then I don't have to worry about getting fast food every day like some people I work with do that order food every day. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that can't be good for your health at our age or his age, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I well, def- definitely not at his also age. Also, some Taco Bell and also some Burger King and also Wawa when it opens up and also Anthony Franco's and also <laughs> McDonald's in the morning and also. Well, what do you like from Wendy's? Oh, I like a uh, bacon egg and everything like that. <laughs> Sorry. So, so a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. Just say a bacon cheeseburger. Well, I don't think you can go there and say bacon cheeseburger and expect a baconator. No. You, you can't. I, uh, well, I think one of the most awkward reactions, I had to saying something wrong at a, at a fast food place once, is I went to Burger King and I asked for McNuggets and I go, oops, sorry. So you apologize? <laughs> yeah. Um, one time I, I asked I, for a Frosty at McDonald's <laughs> once and they said, no, we can give you a McFlurry. I, I haven't go, had okay. a McFlurry in at least 10 years because the machines always... Good. No, the their hot fudge sundays at McDonald's are incredible. Yes. Um, there was one time with my ex when we went to like, McDonald's or Burger King. She's ordering her food and she asked for a Coke. And they're like, what size? She goes, what sizes do you have? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, fucking small, it's, medium, large. It's universal. This ain't a fucking... It reminded me of role models. A venti. <laughs> it's large. Grande's large. In yeah. Spanish. All Congratulations. Right. You're stupid in 12 languages. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Why don't we uh, go ahead and uh, before we do our reviews, uh, give a shout out to our buddies over at BetDSI. Taylor, you made some money this weekend, didn't you? Yes, I did. You made some money betting on the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Everyone told me I was crazy. And where did you bet your money? BetDSI. And why did you choose BetDSI? And that's because you know that BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. BetDSI is top-rated on betting review sites, and they give you the chance to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI is an extremely friendly user interface and mobile site. They have the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports. But get this. Politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish. Every play and every minute until the end. New members will get a 100% bonus match when they make their first deposit by using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money to start winning immediately. Taylor and I play there ourselves and we recommend BetDSI to add some excitement to the sports you love or any other sports or politics, reality TV and esports and anything else you're watching. Once again, Go to BetDSI.com and use promo code YWIL and make that deposit to get this limited time 100% bonus offer and get a free $25 wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. Killer. Do you um, have your Lobo Sound uh, I shout it, out? I got it right here. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, there well, you go. I, I need to see the paper. <laughs> I got it set up stupid. Very nice. Um, so all you people out there in the internet world, are you thinking about advertising? Well, you should definitely call Lobo Sound. And do you need a website? The correct answer is yes. Who do you call? That is Lobo Sound. Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't just limited to Chicago. 
Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California, wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach when you want on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or visit www.lobosound.com. That's www.lobosound.com. You mentioned you watch, I listen, you get a 10% discount. Again, 630-244-9704. Nice. Sick. All right. Um, Taylor, who who goes first? Josh, you could pick who goes first. Uh, Taylor, you go first. Taylor, you go first. All right. You know, this was a, this was a good movie this week, Honey Boy. Uh, so, yeah, you gave me the movie Honey Boy starring yes. Shia LaBeouf that he wrote in uh, when he was in rehab. rehab about his upbringing and shit. Relationship with his father. And Correct. he played his father in the movie. Um, I see why he got critical acclaim yeah. from it. It was a very good role. Um, I want to give a shout out to the kid who played young him. Uh, Otis Yeah, was uh, was really, really well done. He was great. Yeah, and I he like was how very the, the first scene was basically Even Stevens. It was Even Stevens. It was trans... I, I, that's someone who did not like Even Stevens yeah, at I all. I never watched it in I my life. I mean, I really didn't like it. Uh, but, you know, it, it, Transformers, you know, yeah, it was first very, scene, very... First scene. It was, Lucas Hedges, who played the present day Shia. Yeah. Who, he's a great actor, Lucas yeah, Hedges. He was it was so obvious what the movie was. Yeah. And then I liked how it goes back and forth from him being a kid to him being in rehab and trying to figure out certain things and how he has to do certain piece exercises. It everything, piece it all together. Yeah, so trying to figure out like why he drinks and all this shit. And then finally there's a couple breakthroughs. Um but the some of the parts in this movie it's honestly hard to watch. And Very the biggest reason is just because that Shia LaBeouf's well again it's a caricature of Shia LaBeouf's father, but yeah. that you know I, I don't think he's too far off on a lot of these things. No. Obviously, he's the only one that really if, knows. If you read but, into it, his, well, his father was a Vietnam vet, which correct. is in there. You know, he was going to AA meetings. One time, his dad pulled a gun on him because he was having a flashback. Yeah, he was having a flashback. He was all fucked up on drugs yeah. and shit. Uh... Um, you know, this this is it. Uh, unfortunately, it's a sad reality for a lot of child stars that their parents for live sure. vicariously through their children, and it's a really, really sad reality for a lot of these kids. You know what I mean? Like Macaulay Culkin, but there are a couple. There are, there are a couple people that you know squirt through the cracks. You know, like uh, Drew Barrymore, Kristen sure. Stewart, absolutely, um, shit like that. Kristen Stewart, uh, Kristen Dun- Kirsten Kirsten Dunst, Dunst, sorry. Yeah. And uh, again, like I said, I want to give a shout out to Shia LaBeouf very, very uh, wholeheartedly because um, as someone as someone who this is uh, he wrote this, and I think he was a producer on it, but it was directed by someone else. Yeah, correct. I don't really know who, Alma Hater or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't even someone really I wasn't familiar with yeah. either, but um, um, a very, uh, I thought it was a very authentic film. Like, everything about it felt very real. Yeah, and, I, and the thing is, uh, even though his dad, like, the way his, his, uh, his father was portrayed in the movie looked very much of, like, a cliche Vietnam veteran. Yeah. Long hair, the, like the John Lennon glasses, mm-hmm. but then at the end of the movie, when you see the picture of them two at the end, that's exactly what he looked like. Yeah, it's, so I that, mean, so that was pretty cool. From, from what I understand, it's very, very accurate. Like, he I, I almost wrote, like, just a straight-up biography. He just yeah. changed the names and the the, uh, the the intellectual properties and things yeah. like that. And, uh, again, like you said, the kid that played Young Shia, I thought was fantastic. So, he was, he reminded me a lot of just, he had this natural charm to him, a lot like the kid in Jojo Rabbit did. That yeah. kind of, it was just kind of, you you felt sympathy for him very early on. I've seen that kid before. I can't I can't put my finger on yeah. where I've seen him before, but, yeah. you know. Um, there's, like, the one specific part that was honestly hard to watch. Again, it's also, it's also a very sad reality, but when he, you know, when it's come to the realization that, like, you listen, you work for me. He's talking to yeah, me. Yeah, we have to have that conversation me, with you. him. And he's like, you know, I don't fucking want you here. I want you to treat me better. And he, and he smacks the shit out of him. And it's like, 
like Luke, there were man, some that's scenes. Hard to watch. There were some scenes where I actually felt bad for um, the father that Shia was playing, specifically with the, um, the 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 Big Brother program guy that came by, and you can see that he didn't know how to articulate that he felt like he wasn't being a good enough father, yeah, and sure. that's why he got so aggressive with the guy who really just had his uh, Otis's best interest in mind. Took him to the Dodger game yeah, or something like th- that. There was a, yeah, he wanted to go with his buddy and this guy, and you can tell he was very self conscious about it, and he didn't know how to cope with it. I appreciated like even like they bonded over the little weed he was growing on the other side of the fence. I thought there were just these little things that showed that they could find some kind of weird common ground through their bullshit. Yeah. But once again, like you said, that scene when they go at each other really and he slaps the shit out of him. There's a lot of uncomfortable stuff to this movie because it's very realistic. Right. And from what you understand in his life, this was exactly what happened. Right. So, uh, I mean, if I had to give it an honest grading, I'd probably give it a seven. Yeah, Um, I think that's fair. I I did like it. I Um, I wasn't blown away by it, but no. I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I thought it was a unique film. I was more so blown away by Shia's performance as his father. He's, he's such he's, an he's, underrated actor. He's very good. Uh, there was one particular scene that was uh, that was like nice. The way they ended the movie was nice. How like his father's a clown yeah, at the I same thought, place, and then it's like, listen, and he, he looks at his son. He's in his clown makeup and everything, and he goes, you know, I'm just happy people aren't mad at me anymore. Yeah, and I, you know, and sometimes I loved it, the ending. And, I thought it was perfect. And sometimes that's all it takes. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it feels like two, if two people are mad at you, but there's only two people in your world everyone is mad yeah. at you so it, it, it felt like it felt again like you said it felt like he wanted to be a good dad he just didn't know how to be not to mention being a whacked out Vietnam vet drug addict that was treated terribly when he got back exactly yeah, and so, didn't get the care he needed and I, so all he wanted to do was push his son into acting and have the life that he never had and do something better for his I son I also like that um, and this obviously reflected his real life that he wasn't one of these parents that was working his kid to the fucking bone because he didn't really know like pulled him out a lot of he shit he pulled him out of a lot of shit and he kind of he had his own ways of being a good father it's just he didn't know how to do the basic things about being a good father like, like something as simple as like hey going out to going outside to play catch play catch go swimming with him yeah, go right. hiking with him something like that but there were some other ways where he did show that he was a good father and like he and i liked how he treated him more as an adult yes you know what i mean because sometimes i mean I, again i don't know because i never met a child actor but as from my knowledge child actors are much more far advanced than your average 12 year old and most of them are so, getting fucking molested by hollywood people well that's i mean like if you were to sit down and talk to the Stranger Kids things from season from season one. You think you're talking to an adult? Yeah, it's well, a weird thing. I mean, now that they've exposed this whole well, uh, pedophilia spotlight in Hollywood, you'd hope that it's not happening as much. I mean, Corey Feldman kind of just blew all that up in the last few years. Um, but then he made that documentary that who uh, the two Corys and who killed um, the other Corey uh, Fern, Corey Fern. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, the one that was also in Lost Boys. Um, but he only is showing the movie once. Okay. <laughs> it's like you're exposing the guy that was molesting you and your friend, but you have to you can only go one night and then no one's ever gonna see it. <laughs> I think he's just trying to milk it for more money. But whatever, regardless. Yeah, um so I give it a seven out of ten. I figured you'd like it. I'm glad you did. Um again, I wasn't blown away by it, but I found it very enjoyable. My biggest issue with it was I thought it wasn't paced particularly well for being a, a short movie. It felt hour. longer than it actually hour and forty, I think is what it was. It was a lot longer than I thought. That's yeah. usually edit it's only an hour and forty, but it felt longer and that's editing a lot. A lot of times yeah. where a long movie can feel short and a short movie can feel long. There, there were a couple times when like you usually could have cut maybe ten minutes here, 10 exactly. Minutes here but it also just edited differently and it feels yeah. different. Well, but also, it was a good movie. Well, it was also funny because so I watched Honey Boy last night and then when I, I, I look on my Apple TV app and I saw that Uncut Gems was available. Yeah, yeah. So I bought that. I watched Uncut Gems immediately after. <laughs> flew right by. Yeah. Well, it, it, a movie I feel like that you like especially always flies by faster yeah. the second time because you kind of you're not sitting at the edge of your seat. It's like when you when you're going up a roller coaster, it. it 
feels like it's forever to go up and the roll, ride is forever and yeah. it's only a minute and a half That's long. It. Well, see, now that I know the ins and outs of Uncut Gems, I don't have nearly as much Yeah, anxiety. exactly, exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way about Endgame. Yeah, well, how many times have you watched that now? When's the last time uh, you watched it? A couple. Uh, on the plane to Vegas. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the first time I saw it, and, like, you see Cap, and you see all of Thanos' arms. Oh, it was great. Like, obviously, I'm waiting for the big reveal, but at the same time, I'm like, watch, nothing happens. Watch. <laughs> watch there's another snap, and everyone's fucked. That would be fantastic. You know what I'm saying? I just, like, I just snapped I was... that guy's relationship this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos said. All right. So you gave me the album, uh, Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties, uh, We Don't Have Each Other. I completely forgot I gave you this. Yes. And, uh... There's no Aaron West in the band. It's just the no, name it, of the band. It's just no. Dan Campbell is Aaron. He's West. Aaron that, West. That, that's, that's, his, that's the his character. Persona that's on the this character, band, correct. and he's the lead singer of the Wonder Years. It's like Marshall Mathers is Slim Shady. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So I didn't know much about this album. You told me it's an acoustic album. Um, I will say that I absolutely love this album. Um, I loved everything about it, uh, musically, lyrically, uh, the structure of the songs, the the pacing of the songs. I thought was fantastic. Uh, from the opening track, Our Apartment. When I first put it on, I was like, Did I start playing? fucking wagon wheel yeah right, right, right. Yeah. I, I literally thought it was wagon wheel at first and then you hear the, his voice come in and I like that his voice he actually um, he sings a little higher pitch in this band yeah. than he does in the Wonder Years it's just because because uh, you know he has to accent the guitar because he's not yeah. a, he's not a great guitar player he said this when he was recording this album so he plays down uh, yeah. he plays down a level it makes sense to make your voice higher then yeah. and I appreciated that but um, our apartment was a five right off the bat mm-hmm. I really like that song it set the tone of the album uh, Grapefruit I really liked it a five Grape, grapefruit's uh, a fucking heart-wrenching my, song My for me. favorite song in the album was St. Joe Keeps Us Safe, the That's third song. song. That was yeah. a five. Um, the first four songs, or first uh, four of the first five songs on here, I gave fives. Okay. Um, I really liked Running Scared. That was a four. Nothing got lower than a four on this album. Cool. Um, so this song, D- Divorce in the American South, may be one of the most depressing songs it lyrically. It's about a couple whose baby died, and they divorced because of it. I was like, holy shit, and, this and, is fucking depressing. And the whole time, the, the way Dan Campbell sings it, he's on the phone talking yeah. to her answering machine. Yeah. It's a fucked up thing. Yeah. He's like, he's it's, stuck in a phone booth somewhere in the South. Uh, I, I really like that song. Uh, the next song was, there, there's only, I only gave three songs fours on this. Okay. Um, the next one was The Thunderbird Inn was a four. Uh, Get Me Out of Here Alive was a five. You Ain't No Saint was a five. Carolina Coast was a four. Going to Georgia was a four, which is a Mountain Goats cover. Um, and my, my sister's favorite band is the Mountain Goats. Okay. I actually hit her up and I told her, listen to this album. I think you'll like it. They actually do a Mountain Goats cover on it. She loved it too. Um, there, there's a, a lot of really good stuff on this album. The biggest thing I could say about the sound of this band is they sound like the best bar band I've ever heard in my life. Oh, like I don't need a band that's sitting there at a bar trying to play metal. Like it, it, like if we're at Jimmy G's, you don't want a metal band there. You want somewhere you can hear each other talk more often than that. Yeah, sure. This would be the kind of shit I'd want to hear and actually like, pay attention to where I'd be just talking to you and then I'm like listening to the music. Like This is fun fucking cool. What is this? Yeah. And look over. Um, the Musically, again, great. Lyrically, Aaron, uh, Dan, Aaron West, Dan Campbell is an incredible storyteller. Yep. Much like the guys from the Spanish Love Song can tell stories and the Wonder Years can tell stories, they literally aren't being heavy-handed with anything. They're painting with ambiguity. That's it. So they're being very ambiguous with what they're saying. Okay. They're kind of letting you figure it out on your own. But the message in all these songs is very clear. 
The message at times is very uplifting, and at times it's very dark and depressing. Okay. Musically, how they can have one song that is almost bluegrass, folky sounding. There's a lot of a folk sound in this, and they have one that just is straight up rock song on it. They can go from one to the other, and it all feels like one big narrative on it. Um, so I'm going to give Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. We don't have each other a five out of five. Back to back five star albums you've given me. Uh, there's nothing I would change about this album. The the fact that I have three fours on here is not an indictment on the album. It's just compared to the other songs, and that's probably what part of it is. I love the other songs so much that the ones that are slightly inferior get that downgrade, but really they could just as easily be fives, and that's the difference is a four to me might be a five to you, and a five to me might be a four to you. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, as far as like grading, um, we're pretty much on the same page with that, because like uh, the back half of the album, I like a lot, but it's not nearly as strong as the front half. Yeah, I, I like the last two and songs. Again, then that's not knocking No, the, you not know at I all. Mean? They're, they're, I mean, just, when, that song, Grapefruit, to me, I don't know why I resonate with that with that song so much, because like, you, oftentimes you hear songs of like single mothers, and, yeah, like, sure, and, and sure. I'm not sitting here, men's rights, I'm not that no, kind of guy, <laughs> but like, you hear a song sung from the point of view of a single father, Yeah, and it, it, it's just an interesting perspective that you don't normally get in today's day and age, you Absolutely. know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I related with St. Joe Keeps Us Safe, because there's literally the lyric about dad dying and going back to your old yeah. childhood house, well, I, the, was like, I was like, whoa. And the same thing with, uh, with uh, You Ain't No Saint, I Ain't One Either. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's, it's acknowledging you're a dick, and I'm a dick too, you yeah, know what I mean? We all make every we both made mistakes. Let's yeah, fucking right. try and figure this out. Um, again, I, I can't recommend this album enough. Um, it's a, it's definitely probably in the top ten of albums I've gotten on the show. Uh, I have the whole album added to my playlist. That's just for when I'm hanging out. I've listened to this one at least twenty times this week. So I need to ask out of all sure. the out of all the albums you've gotten on the show. Obviously, this is just putting you on the spot a little sure. bit. If you had to like think in your mind outside the box. Is there and the top ten albums you may have got you've sure. gotten on the show is one of them from Ralph? Yes, um, the, actually, I think it was the first one he gave me. That annoys um, me. With, which was the, the the Hold Steady was really really good. I can't even fault uh, that the Hold Steady. Um, great. That was a really damn yeah. good album. I think yeah. it was the first or second album. I can tell you which one is not in my top ten. That'd be Arcade Fire, which is <laughs> stupid. Because no, they're it's great. not. Listen, they're great for what they do. I can't deny well, what the sound that they want. I acknowledge that they're very very good at it. But I know you're with me on this one. There's no energy or feel to those songs for me. It's all mundane, I, I, droning I hate, bullshit. I hate that I have to be with Ralph on something. I, I, no, I, I know. And listen, it's not like I'm doing it just to like, just be like, yo, fuck you too. No, I'm, I, I, I honest to God think it's just, it, there's no energy. It falls yeah, flat. It's just mundane. It's droning. Now, it's I, droning. It's children. Now, now, on the flip side of that, I, again, I, 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 I see the appeal. It's just yeah, not my style. Like, if I'm going to go that route, I go to 1975 or the Menzingers before I I'd go. rather listen to 1975 than Arcade Fire. And, and I don't want to listen to that. No, uh, I will bad. say that of that style of music, I think the Lumineers is far better than Arcade Fire. I agree. Yes. I don't like the Lumineers. I'd I much rather listen to the actually, Lumineers than Arcade I Fire. Like, I like the Lumineers. Yeah. I like the Lumineers. Uh, yeah. I would much rather. It's just when I hear that that genre, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like technically indie rock is yeah. the sound. Yeah, that's sure. what Some you of call it, it has a really cool sound, and some of it is just such lazy. So, it sounds such, lazy. Yeah. It, just, it just sounds like they didn't have any feel for it. And for me, that's like the, we've talked about a hundred times the feel for music. It doesn't sound like there's any emotion in any other song. It just sounds like that there are like like there's it's not even parallel thinking at that point. It just seems like that they're on a level of thinking that like I just can't com I can't comprehend. Yeah, you know what I mean like, like to be in that kind of creative space to make that type of music. Yeah, I, I, I can't comprehend. Well, and it. I mean I I can't comprehend most country music and there's genres and bands that you can't comprehend and Josh can't comprehend. It's just one of those things. Josh and I can't comprehend the fucking Killers. You like the Killers, Taylor. So it's one of these things. It's, I really, I like really and the like Killers are probably as closer to Arcade Fire 
higher than any other band we've talked about. See, I, I don't dislike the Killers because of the quality of their music. I dislike them because I, I hate bands that get pompous like that. Like, the dude who's Very. the lead singer compared their album Battleborn to Darkness on the Edge of Town. Which, Shut by the, the way, fuck up. Did you listen? Oh, yes, I did. So we should talk about this. Yes, please. So Bruce Springsteen, so Darkness on the Edge of Town. I listened to Darkness on the Edge of Town. I didn't rank every song when I should have. But I want to say, without a shadow of a doubt, I have a new appreciation for Bruce Springsteen. I, I, I won't go out of my I won't go out of my way and listen. I won't. It's just not my thing. Sure. If it's on the radio, I'll listen. Yeah. But I have an affinity for and Josh is gonna love this. I have an affinity for racing in the street. Hell it's yeah! A great. I fucking think song, great. You want to talk song, about dude. a storyteller to a T? I just my issue with Bruce is that he's just <laughs> <laughs> half the time you can't understand what he's fucking saying. You know, hold on. You know what was fucked up too? So on Saturday, I I had to drive down the fucking turnpike. Yeah. So I said, what better time to listen to Bruce than when I'm driving literally on the turnpike and I'm and, and the first song that came on was racing. Was the first thing I hear was racing in the street, and I'm like, I shouldn't like, I don't like, I the, the usually I listen like, to Rage Against the Machine, and I want to fucking go. This one is like, I kind of want to like, yeah, well, put the top down, but like, yeah. I'm in an oil, yeah. I'm in an oil truck. What am I gonna do? Dude, the like, thing I love about Bruce is, yeah. uh, you know, when you go see him live, and you know, he just he plays it, for three and a half it, hours. He plays three and a half yeah. hours, you know, but before any given song, you know, like the the band will be playing the music, and Bruce just comes up to the mic, and goes, "Now this next song is a song I wrote back in the summer of 1975." <laughs> He's still writing about his high school sweetheart, and he's like 80. Now, uh, now I, I asked you earlier last week, you know, what were your top three Bruce albums? You said, you know, Darkness, mm-hmm. uh, no, Born, to Born, Run, Born to Run, and Nebraska. Yep. Only thing I would change, Nebraska and Born to Run. But I, I love Born to Run. It's more of a rock record. Nebraska is more of like a co- not a country, more of like greetings a, from Asbury Park. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's good. It's great. I mean, yeah. but no, those three you can't I, really you can flip flop any of them. Besides, Darkness is always number one. I like yeah. Nebraska better, but Darkness out of all the albums I've listened to is by far his best album. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I mean, he's one of the great storytellers in the history of music. Yeah. It's it's like for me, they, I mean, to me, the greatest songwriter of all time will always be Bob Dylan. I I can't. I don't think anyone can really say you're wrong if you say that. You can have someone that you think is better, but he's in the conversation. When no, you, I, he's obviously, I mean, you write a song like The Hurricane. I mean, and that's like one you know, of his like, like lower tier stone. songs when you think about how long he, and he's still making music and he does all these different genres. From the fucking Traveling Wilbur. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, the amount of different things he's done, but when it comes to straight up storytelling, uh, Bruce is in the conversation without question. Bruce Bowie, um, uh, Bob Dylan, obviously. Mercury. Um, Freddie, uh, Freddie Mercury, for sure. I'll give Billy Joel props because he's a great storyteller in songs. Um, there, there's a million different ones. I mean, yeah, if you we, go, we could literally be here all day. Yeah, if you Elton go up John. And, Elton, well, he doesn't write his songs. To be fair, okay, he fair. has a, he has a he writes the music, but he's never written a lyric in his life. And he uh, admits that. Well, I would say as far as songwriters, even though he's not a frontman, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden wrote, has written yeah, a lot of Iron Maiden absolutely. songs. Absolutely, uh, dude. I so. don't like Journey. I'll give Steve Perry credit. He's a great songwriter. I mean, there's can be bands I, mean, I don't like, and I can acknowledge that the songwriting is incredible. I, I mean, there's a reason why his nickname was the Voice. Yeah. He was he's the voice oh, he's of a an generation. Ama- amazing voice. Until he lost his fucking mind. He, I mean, that's that, so many. That's like David Lee Roth, great singer. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great, he's, great voice. He's, but he's a fuck. He thought he could replace Howard fucking Stern. I did see today that Howard Stern suddenly getting into major social justice warrior stuff for calling his own staff racist. 
list. Um, really? Because they made a joke who? about coronavirus and BTS, and he called out his own staff for being racist. Which staff, I don't remember what, what, which staff it was. It wasn't like Bobby Blue I, I don't, or nothing? I don't, no, no, it wasn't. It was the, I, don't, I rarely listen to Howard anymore. I try to just listen to certain interviews, but I saw this pop up, and I'm like, are you kidding me, Howard? Of all the people, to, you should be the one that still is fighting against this fucking social justice warrior bullshit, even if you're not being as edgy as you used to be. And if you know your staff, you hired the fucking racist then, you dummy. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, it, it sucks when you see these guys that are like heroes. They you live long enough to become the, or what was it? Uh, you you die, either die a hero, you live long, long, long enough to, to see yourself become the villain. villain. Speaking of villains, I saw a thing today um, that uh, Ryan Johnson on the commentary for Knives Out on the DVD, he, he revealed a big movie secret that is now public knowledge is that Apple does not give the clearance to movies to let bad guys use villains or uh, bad guys use iPhones in their movies or any Apple product. <laughs> villains are not allowed to use them. So if you see any movie and you see everyone's using iPhones except the bad it's someone else, they're the bad guy. <laughs> Legitimately. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, Adam Sandler's technically a bad guy and he has an I, iPhone. I don't think there's any good guy in that movie not though cuz you can only have a bad guy if there's a good guy. Kevin Garnett's a good guy. Is he? He stole the fucking thing. He, he calls Charlie he, he Villanueva a cancer patient. That's true. And he told... He, <laughs> I'm talking in the movie. He, and he, he, also, he said, Happy he, Mother's he Day told, to Tim Duncan. He told Carmelo Anthony that his wife tasted like Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Who, who was his wife again? That Lala, chick, Lala. from uh, MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Garnett was like KG he, rules, dude. I, I love I'm KG. so glad that he was on the Nets, even though he sucked. Yo, he almost only beat, yo, he almost beat the shit out of Dwight Howard, man. When I, Dwight Howard on the Rockets, I don't know how that would have gone. I don't no, know. Yo, he would have kicked his ass. He, he's scrappier, but Dwight's a much bigger dude. Yeah, that yeah. don't mean nothing. I, I, I don't obviously think Dwight can fight. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I don't think any basketball player besides Ron Artest can fight. Have you seen some of the fights again? Too even LeBron, maybe the greatest living athlete right now. You ever seen him try to throw a punch? It looks like a fucking slap. Yeah. These guys aren't built to fight anymore. <laughs> like, Artest could throw down. Yeah. They're, they're back then, Carl Malone could fucking fight if he uh, wanted to. I was gonna to. say, the best fighter back in the day was when uh, fucking Moses Malone was beating the shit out of Larry Bird. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> guys don't fight anymore. They're all friends. They're all, oh, in the new offseason, doesn't matter what teams you're on, the Lakers and the Celtics will train together in the offseason. I fucking hate it. That's annoying. I hate that. They're just playing pickup games. No, I'll tell you what, man. I'm back. I'm kind of like interested in NBA now, also because I've been playing 2K. Well, well that's why. It's, so dude, I, it's NBA, it's fun to just put on a game. It's just easy to leave on, and you know that no matter when you come back to it, it's going to end up being a close game at the end. Yeah. Like, that's just how the games go now. So. Motherfuckers are lining up from, like, just beyond the half-court line, shooting threes and drilling them regularly. Well, I was it's fucking say, crazy. Well, well so the, uh, I saw today on Twitter was, like, I guess Steph Curry's been out most of the season. Yeah, he's and out I guess, all year. I guess they, well, they, he came back tonight. Oh, did he so, come back? Yeah, he came back tonight. He was, uh, he was warming up. And him, him warming up is just pulling up from half court. He's, he's don't care what anyone says. He's, it's, he's the, best he is, shooter in he's NBA the greatest shooter in NBA history. Yeah, you, you can't argue with it. I mean, the, the numbers are just there. I mean, he broke the three record but by taking three hundred less shots in <laughs> yeah. about twenty less games. Yeah, I mean, his and he, accuracy, and he beat Ray Allen. His accuracy is just stupid. Yeah. He's a pinpoint. He's like a sharpshooter, literally, sharp no matter shooter. where he is. All right, why don't we uh, do the read for? I guess I'll do the. Re you want to do the read for yeah, do the well. hashtag shots for cunts, <laughs> and then uh, we'll do our pick. Okay. Right. We even had an album picked out for you too, Taylor. You know, you know, it's funny. Also, and the reason why I decided to go back on back on my word was because I came up with an album last night. Okay. And I'm fine uh, with that. I'm really can't wait to give it because I've been listening to it all week. Cool. 
You. All right. Guess what, bros and bros? What's that? What? Fudgin' Fins hashtag Shots for Likes podcast is bringing video into the mix. Are they? Uh, well, they, they've been doing it for a while, <laughs> so they? we need a new read. Uh, not only can you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night after 11 p.m. Eastern. Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories. Streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer, go to the websites that... I'm reading. I'm reading to you. <laughs> Sorry, doing this on the fly. Or don't. Uh, that, that's my new thing. Yeah, Refer- prefer- don't. Preferably don't. Twitch.tv slash Shots for Likes podcast. Mixer.com slash Shots for Likes. Visit Shots for Likes podcast.com and click on the YouTube icon up top to watch on YouTube. Drink with us. And as always, don't be cunts. All right, Taylor, um, since you just threw me for a whip, I should make you listen to the album I came up with, too. I'll listen to it, sure. Okay. So, originally, what we, we've done on and off is every 10th episode. Um, Taylor gives me a movie. I give him an album. Um, he said he wanted to go back to that this week, so I came up with an album. And then this morning, or just when we started, he's like, I couldn't come up with a movie, which is fair. I realize that. Um, maybe I should tell you a movie I haven't seen before that maybe you've seen. I could probably find more that I haven't seen than you know of. You're asking me if I've fucking seen Killing Them Softly. Of course. And Fear, of course. To be fair. But um, So I'm going to give you my album, too, because you can at least listen to it in the car. Yeah, sure. Um, so the album I'm going to give you is uh, Funeral for a Friend's Debut Studio album. Album, casually dressed in deep in conversation. Wow, that's been a while. Came out in 2003. Um, big fan of them. I discovered them by accident. They were on the second stage at Project Revolution on the tour for this album, uh, which was one of the weirdest tours ever. It was Less Than Jake, The Used, um, I believe Jimmy Eat World, Snoop Dogg. That's weird, yeah, dude. You yeah. can't find no, four Snoop more Dog wildly and different then, then fucking it was, acts. Dude. Then it was Corn, Lincoln Park. <laughs> Yo, and then, the fuck? then, so we were just walking around. It was at PNC. It was on the festival, like Ozfest type things. Walk around, and I was like, I want to throw down a little bit. This was, I think, freshman year of high school, and this band was on. I'm like, yo, these guys fucking rage, and it was funeral for a friend. And I fell in love with them after that. This is their uh, debut studio album, maybe their best album. I might like the little one, the second one, a little more, but it's like one A, one B. Yeah, sure. So I want you to listen to that. Okay. Um, and the movie I'm going to give you, um, you said it to yourself to me. Just give me some A24 bullshit. I'm about it. I almost gave this to you last week. You picked Honey Boy instead. Uh, this movie's called Waves. I was hoping. Um, I've been, I, so, I almost bought it yesterday. So the premise of Waves is a very basic one. It follows a kid in high school um, who he, he's a wrestler. Uh, he comes. He's a uh, black kid. A uh, very wealthy family. Uh, the dad, the guy that played uh, the the lawyer prosecuting OJ, that made him put on the gloves in the People vs. Oh, OJ Simpson. Oh, the dude Sterling played Chris K. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris. Uh, he's uh, awesome. I don't know. What's his name? Courtney B. Vance. No, he played Johnny Cochran. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm talking about the guy that played Darden. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, correct. Okay. The guy that played Darden. Um, so he plays the father in it. Uh, the kid, uh, he's a high school wrestler, he ends up getting a shoulder injury. He's in a relationship with one of the girls from Euphoria, the one that's dating the uh, closeted transgender, the guy that was picking up the transgender oh, okay. girl yeah, Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. That girl, the less hot one, that's yeah. Sydney Sweeney. Still hot though. Yeah. Um, so he's dating her. Um, then it becomes a very like things start happening in life kind of story. It gets very very heavy and then it takes a turn that is very um, the right way to do it. It doesn't continue with the... Lucas Hedges is in this also. Okay. Um, I, I really like this. The score is fantastic. I was watching the movie. I'm like, man, I fucking like this score and then I look it up and it's Trent Reznor that did the score on it. So instantly I'm like, alright, that that helps. I love the way it was filmed. It actually kind of looked like Euphoria in the way it was made. It was this very like unique style of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. The acting was 
was great. The the dialogue I thought was very good. But when it gets heavy, it's dark. Yeah, um, I remember you. I, I was going to text you about it, I think, a couple weeks ago because I've been looking for something. Yeah. Because I've just been going through a list of A24 shows. Yeah, they're probably my favorite studio right it, now. It's not even close for me. They, yeah. they pump out the best stuff. And this is a movie that only A24 can make because yeah. it deals with subject matter that otherwise most studios be like, you can't do that. You need to make it more uh, Hollywood friendly. We should just rename the show to watch A24. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we got to have stock in A24. Well, so I listened to the A24 podcast. Okay, I didn't even know they have one. Bro, they have like Scorsese on. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, they have big, big shit guys on there. That's cool. Fucking great. So the movie pick for the week is Waves. All right, cool. So, uh, so for my music pick this week, it is something I have been listening to all week, and I forgot how great it was. Just to give you an idea, what a man child I was. Last night I was listening to this album, this one song specifically off this album, while making macaroni, while while making macaroni and cheese and dancing to it in my boxers. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, what kind of macaroni and cheese? Just regular mac, just like the the, the, like the craft. Okay. Or regular. Hmm? Shapes are regular. Uh, regular. No, I'll just make it just regular. Sometimes okay, I'll go. The, the no, shapes no, don't make a difference. No, some, no sure I don't do shapes. Do. No, sometimes I, I sometimes I go shells, depending on shells how Shells are feel. my favorite. Shells Star are the Wars best. is my favorite. Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> throw the fuck so, up. True, true life. The best macaroni and cheese you can get at ShopRite is the ShopRite brand shells and cheddar. And I'm not bullshitting you on yeah. this. I, I go food shopping dude, at ShopRite. Try the ShopRite shells and cheddar. Yeah. They're next level. I don't know why they're better, but they are. But go on. Okay. So the album I'm going to give you this week is an all time classic by an all time classic hip hop group. The uh, it's by tribe a, called Quest. A tribe called Quest, and the what, why the fuck? You let me say it, goddammit. I was guessing. It's no, you weren't. You tweeted it last night that you were listening. You're this you morning. literally tweeted the exact story that you were cooking macaroni yeah, and cheese you just re- in your boxers d- listening to this. Did I? Yeah, yeah. The, a, a thread started after. Did it. you think I just guessed tribe called? There Quest? were tweets from you, from me, from Dan, from Greg. We literally all tweeted it in the in the yeah. thread that was started off by that tweet. Yeah, I was pretty fucked up. <laughs> Tribe called Butt. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's and also it's celebrating the 30th anniversary of cool. this album. People's instinctive travels in the passive rhythm. I worked on the band and not the name of the album. I just oh, realized. Um, what, what's say the album again? Pa- uh, people's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythm. Um, I'm not going to write all that down. This, I'm going to write this, down the first the two words of your butt. So all you need to, to it. all you need to do is just look up um, a song that everyone knows but probably didn't know was um, it's the song Can I Kick It? Yeah, hell um, yeah. So all you have to do is look up that song. It's off that album. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, I was listening to that song last night and I was absolutely in love and I've been listening to this album for the last couple days because you know of the discussion we've had in our really shitty Instagram group chat yeah Bob trying to get Bob into like real yeah, hip like, hop I don't like that Bob is like he just wants to listen to Ludacris <laughs> <laughs> to be fair if it, if it was Red Light District it'd be okay sure, but, but it's not I also don't think that should be the rap you're listening to if you don't have the proper foundation of hip hop history and that means listening to Pac uh, Biggie, Nas, all those guys, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, NWA, Enter the Woo, Liquid well, Swords, I, no, none of them, none so, of them. His, well, his hip-hop knowledge starts at Eminem, and that's so, it. So what elevates Illmatic for me is that he wrote it when he was 19, which is I think fucking 17, crazy. 17, well, he wrote it when he was, 17, when he was 19. Yeah. It was his debut album, which is ridiculous. And you open up with fucking New York, York State, State of, of Mind. Mind. Ridiculous. And then you got to think, One uh, Love on there, yeah. Life's a Bitch. Yeah. It's an Life's incredible album. And then you die. Yeah. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, that should be like Bob's jam. So it was actually funny when I was... When I went over to the house on Sunday, he came back. He went to the car wash. He came back, and all I hear is fucking death certificate playing. So he's getting into it. Okay, good. Because he should. Fun. Yeah. I, I, that's what's weird. Like, you talk to anyone about rap, and if they can't fall back onto that classic stuff, I don't want to talk to him about rap so, at all. So, well, see, my. That's my, me being closed minded, sure, but. See, once I started really digging in the old, like, like real hip hop, that's when I started finding people like Big L. Yeah. Hell yeah. Molly Mall and shit like that. Dude, the roots, the early shit. Dude, the Fuji's even. Drew Hill. I'm joking. Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah. 
I think that this conversation is a perfect segue into one of the topics we want to cover. Okay, yes. Um, so we a couple weeks ago when Josh wasn't here, I played uh, Logan Paul's diss track on Antonio Brown. I was surprised at how much I liked and when it. He, when the line he dropped about Vontez Burf, it was fucking fantastic. Knock the whole you, thing was pretty good. Knocked you out like Vontez Very auto-tune. But Antonio Brown has been embarking on a rap career, post-NFL career, current CTE career, and he's trying to become a rapper. You know, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell's a better hit. MC I, I've heard he some of Le'Veon Bell's. It's, it's not, not bad terrible. for what it is. It's not good. No, it's it's all mumble rap. Same thing with Lonzo Ball. Yeah, trash. it's trash. But I, uh, Josh hit me up the other night and asked. I'd seen people posting about it, about Antonio Brown's rap. And I said, I haven't listened. And he said, don't listen to it. Save it for now. Yeah. So I want to hear this in so real time. I'm hearing it, too, for the first time. Yes. Josh? All right. Uh, what is this song called by uh, Mr. Brown? Uh, the song is called Running. Running by Antonio Brown, the hip-hop artist of our generation. It's making me angry. Let's hear it. Okay. You sure you aren't doing the iTunes top ten? Definitely sounds like an Antonio Brown song. This is what he thinks all the time. This. It's what he hears. Just his ears are ringing nonstop. <laughs> Fucking brain dead moron. Idiot. Okay. How long of an intro does he need? He didn't even get an outro to his NFL career. What is this, Boston? All right. AB, I'm waiting. I was down to my last year. They ain't even let me get off. Have me saying like hot sauce. They ain't even let me get off. Life at home, off the radar. Crying for the screens on my guitar. Oh my god. I'm sorry for the silence, but oh my god. Taylor, you know what to say? Don't. Stop. Oh my god. Now, did he rap at any point or was he just crying? What is? Alright, I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. So, yeah. I'm trying to think like how you even impersonate. Oh, going on now. Are you glad that I told you to wait? Yeah, I, I, I mean, literally for the first 30 seconds of him quote unquote rapping, my jaw was just dropped. I've never heard anything that good in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the most sarcastic way humanly possible. What what uncomprehensible drivel. You see, what I, absolute ass. I feel like like this guy was once the greatest receiver in the league yeah, right now. For a while. This fucking guy. So this is what a I, six round draft pick at Central Michigan. You know, best you can come with it. I got the uh, I got a lot of hot. I got a hot. He sounds like he sounds like he's coming everywhere. He sounded like the girl crying over Thomas's J casket in My Girl after he, he gets Stung that's by bees. A, that's he needs his glasses. Like, 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 it always sounds like Dave England getting stung by bees. Yeah, yeah. That's like, no, it Bob Kelly. It sounds a, like he's just progressively his, his vinegar strokes are getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, 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 
Like, listen, like, I, I, I feel bad. because he's severely. But he, honestly, this is the. I was telling you this on the show. We were talking damage. about it. He was on Hot 97 a couple weeks ago in the morning. And the Breakfast they, Club and shit. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was talking. I'm like, this guy sounds. I didn't I didn't have any reference to see what he used to sound like. And then they played an interview from like 2016, and the difference in his speaking was so dramatic that it sounded like someone that was uh, punchy. That they, they were punch drunk. And it, 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 we even said then, like, I don't know if I can make fun of this anymore, but I was wrong. I can, yeah. and I am, and I will continue. Because if he's going to continue releasing things like this, I hope he releases 100 songs. Because I want all this material. Because who around him, I, obviously he has a lot of yes men around him. That's who he wants to be surrounded by, right? Sure. At what point does someone around him, as he's doing this, say, dude, this isn't good? And I'm talking, even the computer should be like, listen, you shouldn't record this. Like that little paperclip thing that used to be on Microsoft Word should come up and be like, don't do that. <laughs> someone someone needs to get that fucking voice from 2001 is like, you shouldn't do that, Antonio. Yeah. Antonio. That's, that's not a good idea. Antonio, you can't spit. Yeah. Antonio, you're rhyming one word with the same word. <laughs> you are. Antonio, yeah. you have scrambled eggs for brains. <laughs> like... Just something like that. It's just like like it's like that bird that like dips down in the water. Yeah, I, I mean, I get. I mean, he should dip himself under the water and stay. I, he, <laughs> what, what he really needs is help. I, I what know. What kind of help? I don't know. He, he needs, just needs help. He needs a serious like brain scan. Yes. Because they might say like, oh my his god, how'd you get CT. Rob Gronkowski's brain? His bad <laughs> CT. No, maybe he probably was more has like Aaron Hernandez's brain, but Gronk was like born with CT, so there's no difference. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Gronk is just a Gronk's literally just a case. Man. Yeah, he's just a big dummy. He's not a stupid person. He's, he's a dummy. He's he's literally harmless. He's yeah. just a big dumb idiot that likes to have fun. Pretty much. Which is like, don't we all? Yeah, he's just a goon. That's all. It's fine. Uh, my only issue. I'm surprised I ever had, he didn't get hired my, by Barstool my, yet. My big issue I had with him, and it was more the media's fault, is that. He was propped up as fun and goofy, and then other players that were doing same things, and I'm not trying to cry race card here, but you get what I'm saying. Where sure. they, they were unprofessional, they didn't take it seriously, but Gronk is pounding beers and getting hammered, and they love him. So things like that annoy me. I understand what you're saying. It's a double standard. Yeah, it's a stupid double standard. Just an unnecessary one. Just say they're all partying. Well, unless, they're, the, unless it becomes a legal thing, just let them well, have no, fun. It's the same thing with like Le'Veon Bell going out and doing his thing, and then Gronkowski doing his thing. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's, obviously it's different circumstances, yeah, sure. but at the same time like come on who um, gives a shit? I sent you guys this in our group chat but uh, the um, mad Mike Hughes uh, one of the the leaders in the flat earth movement um, lost his battle this past weekend with, uh, with the with the curvature of the earth uh, yeah what happened was that he uh, made a homemade rocket to go into space and uh, it uh, blew the fuck up and it fell to the earth and uh, the the not flat earth and he died you know I have a lot of respect for someone who truly believes in something and went and tried to prove it hey, you know what? I have a lot I actually do. I, I honestly, you know what? I have because respect that he actually wanted to prove it. You know, what happened was, actually, I, had, I know someone that's a flat earther. And he told me what actually happened. Dead, dead ass serious that he hit the dome. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Say this person's his, name. His, you wouldn't know out, him. Out him. No, no. I don't care. Out him no, right it's, now. It's no one you would know. Trust me on this. I don't, I don't um, care if it, I don't here's know Here's the him. thing. The rocket didn't go any higher than, like, King Dakar at Six Flags goes. That's fucking high, <laughs> and, dude. And, yeah, it's high, but you're telling me, that, why isn't King Dakar hitting the fucking dome? I've been on King Dakar, like, eight times. I've never hit no fucking dome. Fuck that. Because there isn't one. Um, dude, I'm telling you, man, it's just, like I said... 
Because there's so many people in this world that want to do this chain shit. They want to be like, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna prove that. They have, they, what are we, they're just fucking armchair quarterbacks. I just, and then this guy goes out and builds a rocket. Yeah, at least he. What are you? To, he must have watched Billy Bob's movie. Well, he's been doing this for a farmer. while. He's been doing this for a while. I guess he is some type of um, astrophysicist or rocket scientist in some way. Apparently not Clearly, a good one. Well, here's the thing: you can be smart while being really fucking stupid. Yeah. Like you shouldn't try to build a homemade rocket. Just like I wouldn't recommend trying to build a homemade bomb because most likely you're gonna fuck it up. There's so much shit that goes into it, from the speed to the wind pressure on it, the air pressure on it. There's a dude. What if you got up there and that thing couldn't handle the the lack of fucking or the pressure up there and it just fucking collapses? Let's build a homemade submarine. Let's see what happens. What well, I mean, drug smugglers. Would you guys that. rather go into space or like in a submarine by yourself? Space. Space. Submarine. See, here's the thing. A submar- uh, the deep the deep sea scares me more than uh, space does. Both suck, but at least in space, mm. I know it's just, I, if anything happens, I'm dead like instantly. Although if you're in a submarine that low, you're dead more or less instantly. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather just be like completely quick, and I'd see something that like no one's, very few people have ever seen before. Space is cool as shit, dude. But the idea of getting stuck out in space and just floating out into like in the, the David Bowie song, he's just the whole premise of it is he's just floating in space by himself. That's horrific. No, dude, I. Be, I'd be about it. I don't ever need to go on a submarine. I don't need to go on a cruise even. I'm, I'm good on the ocean. Fuck yeah. the ocean. The ocean sucks. Can't I, even drink the water. I think I think like the ocean. and gravity. Yeah, that, dude, that fucking hor- gravity horrified me when she's just floating, <coughs> floating out. I just coughed all over you. It's fine. Two weeks in a row. I'm not. It's whatever. Um. So yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, I wrote flat Earth dead guy. <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes. Yeah. Like literally, my notes are always kind of funny because like this one just says Dan the emotional terrorist. So I remember to tell that story ah. about ending a relationship. Um, the, the trailer for uh, Westworld Season 3, Josh, I know you yeah. were very excited about it. I, I didn't yeah. see it yet. Um, I, I, I've made it very clear how disappointed I was with the finale of Season 2, but I, Josh knows I loved the series, the season up until that point. It was a finale that killed it for me. This season looks fucking awesome. It looks completely different. It looks like they're going to take the things that led to this point, like the Samurai episode and things like that, and blend it all into a completely new dynamic. And I think that's kind of where season two may have gone wrong is that it just put themselves in the position to repeat the same kind of stuff from season one. Dude, that can't happen now. It shouldn't happen, at least. Um, The trailer looks awesome. I love that Aaron Paul is in it. Incredibly happy he's in it because I want to see him get more work because he's a great actor. Um, I don't feel feel compelled to go back and watch season two. And season two had my favorite episode, two of my favorite episodes of the entire series. The Native American episode was fucking beautiful and the Samurai episode was absolutely brilliant. It was just the finale just put such a bad taste in my mouth. But I am going to watch season three. I'm all in on it. And HBO puts out good shit. Yeah. They put out really... I'm watching McMillions right now. Uh, and you got to figure they're, they're probably... Why don't you sound loud into the mic? Uh, because I'm kind of a little bit far away from it. Oh, maybe um, you shouldn't be. They, uh, you got to figure That's they're probably going to come out with uh, uh, a trailer for season two of Euphoria soon. Yeah, well, I don't think that's supposed to come out until October. Mm-hmm. So you'd think probably by middle of spring we'd get a trailer for it. Yeah. Um, uh, McMillions, I know you'll you'll fucking love McMillions. Yeah, I lost thousands of dollars of that bullshit. I think we all did. Um, but when you see how it actually happened, like how this whole monopoly fraud actually went down, it's fucking crazy. It's wild, right? It, dude, it, the I, like this whole concept of it that they scammed the monopoly game. 
game from McDonald's. And you'd think it'd be basic. Like, you could do it in an hour and a half documentary. I've only watched two episodes, and there's so much deep detail to this and how it happened, and the people that were involved, all leading to one person that was, like, the architect of it. Yeah. It's funny as shit, too. And Marky okay. Mark produced it. it it's a re- Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a really funny documentary, and they have, like, all the people that were involved, like, from the FBI and everything. It's a... You're, you're, Taylor, it's, like, up your alley 1,000%. Okay. You'll lose your shit over it. All right, I'm about it. it I, I couldn't believe... Like, I was like, okay, documentaries can be very hit or miss because they can either take too long to get to the point or they can be not give you enough detail. I just remember doing that shit with Bob, Justin, and Jay, and like, you go through the drive-thru, you order three extra large fries. And all you get is a fucking frosty or medium fries for free? I had fuck, I had fucking, like, t- I had like 35 to 40 pieces of fucking Baltic Ave. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, no one needs it in the game, no one needs it now, fuck off. But, like, literally... Pat, like bags of extra large fries because the larger the medium didn't come with it. Extra large this fries. This whole studio smells like fries right now. And literally, Sorry. when I tell Don't you, be. we would dump it into a bag and just rip, 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 and we would talk, dude. I'm talking thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars worth of fries in the fucking garbage. Yeah, no, you you needed to, and I mean, literally, I don't know anyone that won anything beyond free food. Anyone. And I, now I, gotta, I understand I gotta, why. I got a little frosty, but it's like a fucking. Tic-tac. Well, that's what I mean. Free food. It was like you won like fries or a double cheeseburger or something. No one ever won a fucking car that I knew of because no. all these cocksuckers were stealing it from Uncle Jerry. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll fucking love it. Let's go. Yo, do you want to hear a real quick kind sure. of funny story that uh, happened to me today at work? Yes. Uh, so I had to go to the town that I work in, like Town Hall, okay. to pick up some, uh, some just uh, some paperwork. Okay. And I'm at the records office, and there's a guy standing there talking to the woman at the records office trying to get a temporary handicap placard for his car. Temporary, okay. And she goes to him, okay, uh, yeah, you know, this is all the paperwork we need, but we need a note from your doctor. Okay. Uh, I think that's fair. This that- motherfucker had one leg. <laughs> Wait. All right, first off, okay. Knowing where you work, that does not surprise me. Okay, but me. here's the thing. He had one leg. Why did he need a temporary one? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure one leg is fucking permanent. Well, first of all, congratulations to that guy. He's not. He could easily get... He's a dreaming break. big. He should meet up with Mad Mike Hughes, <laughs> the guy that also went for his dreams. But I'm sitting there, and she's like, oh, we just need a note from your doctor. And I'm like, you need a note from a doctor? Just take a note from God. <laughs> like, he's telling you, like, look at this fucking peg-leg bastard. Fucking was he on, like, a, just have a crutch? Or was he, he on a peg-leg? No, he had a walker. He had a walker, and he was just leaning up on the walker with his arm. Oh, okay. So, like, did he have a prosthetic at least? No, he just had one fucking leg. Titanium forest from the space shuttle. <laughs> this is don't my, let, fat, my fat Asian wife, Susan. Don't let her walk on the grass for us. She'll get sawed. She's got AIDS feet. <laughs> She's going to ruin that tree for us after you have to bury her under it. Um, yeah, that that that's goofy. I mean, that's the thing, though. If you ever go to town halls, if you ever had to go to, like, town court for anything... You uh, last time I had to go to town court for something fucking stupid driving wise, and I had to wait like an hour and a half. And I was hearing some of these cases. I'm like, holy shit, people are fucking dumb. And yeah, it wasn't facts. just the people that were there for court; it was everyone that was involved. The prosecutor, they were all fucking idiots. Yep. And I'm not saying what town well, I live in, but West Melford sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like I said, so as someone who deals with customers, and sometimes customers don't want to pay, I have to go to small claims court a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, sure. And 99.9 percent of the time, these people don't show up. No. So so, Why would they? So you show up, they say your name, no one shows up. All right, cool. Go to this hall, get this paperwork. There you you, yeah, you, yeah. you get your judgment. I go, and my father was like, it's easy. Exactly how I said. They'll go in and say your name, boom, done, you're out of there in yeah. 10 minutes. I get sworn in. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> state, please state your name for Do the record. Do swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth will help you God? So help you God. I put my hand up. They made me take my hat off so I could be properly identified. And I sit down and I testify to the judge without the defendant there because they didn't they show. They like, this is the wrong case. And I, I'm, I'm literally just reading off, off the paperwork that I was given by my father. And they go, okay, so this, this, this. And they go, what's this amount for $47? So when we do that, we had the court fees. Did you have to go? Like, did you? Well, let me just ask quick. I want to guess how it ended. They made you pay something. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> so, this, so I, I, so I read it in the transcript because they gave you the transcript after sure. the fact, and in the transcript it says when they ask what's this forty seven dollars for, it's really just the court fees. Yeah, that yeah. We make, that we make them pay for us making of us course. go. And literally it says, plaintiff shrugs shoulders and says, I don't know. <laughs> See, well, I because at that point I play. I I didn't know. I never. I what the fuck do I know? See that that to me it was what your tombstone should say. Just uh, <laughs> Taylor Micah. I don't know. Facts. <laughs> I I feel like anytime you're under oath, that's what they're they're all going to say about and, you. But, but When's the just, next time you're going to be under oath in court anyway? Uh, not for a while. Or right, hopefully. Well, no, I mean not Maybe for a while. Maybe you get arrested there's, next time. There's I'm never getting arrested. We'll see. Well, except for that one time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Trust I, me, no, that I've wasn't. been uh, I've been under oath in court several times. It's no, not fun. No, so, and the reason why I even thought of that, and it's funny you bring up, like, the, like the, the state government and shit like that, so uh, our friend uh, Wallers had, had jury duty, and no, his grandma bought a farm. <laughs> she didn't buy the farm. Yes. So, so, uh, so when he goes to jury duty, he sends in our group chat. He's like, oh, I got jury duty. This sucks. I burned my switch or whatever. I go, what kind of jury are you on? He goes, I don't know, but they, some, they said something about a grand. <laughs> and I go... He's on a grand jury? I, I go, no, no, no. They I just declare a mistrial immediately. <laughs> they, they, so, so they just excused him, but they just excused him today. But I go grand jury. I go that's like OJ Simpson stuff. Yeah, that's like, like that's capital like real, murder. Yeah, that's like real shit. And he goes, "Well, I, I'm not staying." I go, "You have no choice, dude." <laughs> well, if you go in there and you say certain things when they're doing the jury selection, yeah. you can get out of it. So that, it works. It happened again. That's the first time he's gone. Imagine I've been to jury duty like getting sequestered. No, oh my god! <laughs> I've been to jury duty <laughs> three <laughs> times. They're like, would you have any request? Uh, warm red, please. <laughs> dude, Don't get the fridge out of here. Yo, so what, 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 what my when my buddy Mark. Marcus got asked, and he was like, oh, and he calls me after the fact. He was there. He was down in Patterson for like five and a half hours. And he goes, well, they said they were going to pay me. I go, yeah, they're only going to pay you $5 for the day. Yeah, that's and he, it. And he goes, wait, really? I go, yeah. What, do you live under a fucking rock? And then he goes, and then he goes back the next day because they told me to come back. And he goes, uh, yeah. So they put, they interviewed me for a grand jury. And he goes, what's that? So I say exactly what it is. And then he starts trying to tell me the case. I go, do you me. You can't do that. I go, stop. I go, wherever, you whatever you're about to tell me, don't do what it. What world is he? No, no, what world no, are these listen, two living no, in? That they he don't... just no. Listen, it's it's it, they just don't know. That, but I don't understand how. Like they taught us that shit in elementary school. No, they didn't. They didn't teach us that. What shit. do you I'm mean? Being honest. It's New Jersey no, State. No, I just I, don't think you remember. They no, definitely said that. Well, either that I don't remember, but I've been to jury duty plenty of times since I've been eighteen. I just that's one thing I just know what to do. I, I, I said, listen, I, for both of our sakes, don't say another word to me, please. That's why Charles Manson was brilliant in court because he just walked in one day with a newspaper and flashed it at the jury with him on the front of it and they had to, to get rid of the whole jury. Jury duty sucks, dude. That's why That's why I'm not registered to vote because I don't want to be in a jury. I've gotten out of it every single time. Jury duty doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother I, me I just all. claim that I have certain biases and you get out of it. And I'm very open about it and I, I don't really have these biases, but I do. 
<laughs> when it comes to criminal things, I absolutely do. Because I'm an asshole. So it's so, not that I hate every anyone. I hate everyone. So so the worst part about all that is when I go to get excused from jury duty and I and I tell them I'm, I I won't get reimbursed for a day of pay, and then they go, "Who do you work for?" And I say my company name, and my name is in the company name. They're like, "What? You can pay yourself, stupid." <laughs> yeah, they, they think I'm the owner. I'm like, no. No, be like, I'm the sons. <laughs> I'm like, no. Like, it doesn't work that way. I go, I get paid, and, and then my. See this, and it says sons. I go, that's me. I go, dude, I get paid, and my check bounces. That's that's the kind of son I am. Be like, look, look, they, the owner bounces the check. Who's the owner? My father. <laughs> the father. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? Um. So I saw, I got some movie news from this week. Um, I told you guys news? a few months ago that Nicolas Cage was gonna be in this movie that's like a meta movie about his career. Okay. And it's gonna be him playing a, a, a hyperized version of himself. And now they confirm that some of the his own movies that they'll be parodying in it, they're gonna do Con Air. Yes. If I get another put down the bonus in there, I, I, I need Season of the Witch to be on. Yeah, there. I think that'll be in there. I definitely think um, you gotta put the Wicker Man remake in there. The big oh, national so treasure. Well, that's just, just for the line of. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. He can just even change it because it's supposed to be meta and it's supposed to be kind of flipped. Just go with the Constitution. Go with something, the Bill of Rights. Just go with something like that. We're going to steal the United States Constitution. <laughs> We're going to steal the Gettysburg Address. I'm going to kidnap the President of the United States. <laughs> We're going to steal the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> He, he comes in with a, with I'm a gonna, truck and he's I, just dragging it away. I'm gonna I'm gonna kidnap the Grand Chancellor of Germany. <laughs> what? There's a million things. The thing is, his catalog of movies is so ridiculous. I'm gonna kidnap the Mona Lisa. It's We're not gonna, a person, Nick. Like, if, if you, you could. go back and watch those two movies, there's so many dumb fucking things. Oh, like, a National they, Treasure. They break, yeah, they're in great. In the second one, they break into uh, Buckingham Palace, and that's yeah. one of the lines. We're gonna break into Buckingham Palace. <laughs> he's just gonna like he should. We're gonna break into Burger Dude, King. I I just think it's so funny in the first movie when like he's like he's trying to pay for the fake declaration. He's short like two cents. We accept Visa, and it's like if you're in a heist movie, you know not to use a credit yeah, card. Stupid. That's why the first one was really like a well done, smart movie. The second one was good, but not as good. But I'm excited they're making a third one of that. I have a weird love for Nick Cage because me too. I appreciate knowing. That. I like knowing. No, actually, did you see, did awesome. you see Mandy? Yeah, Mandy was great. That was one of his, like, so he Raising does... Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is great. Great Coen Brothers movie. Top five Coen Brothers movie, uh -huh. maybe. Yeah. Um, if you look at what he does, he probably does eight to ten movies a year. And two of them end up being good. Two of them are passable, and the rest are shit. Ghost For Rider. Yeah, exactly. Ghost Rider. Terrible. And they made a second one. And a third um, one. And th they didn't make a third I'm, one. I'm third almost, one got canned. Oh, they got, they got That canned. got canned. Um, he, he has some random good ones. Adaptation is a brilliant, brilliant movie. Like an amazing, amazing movie. And then he does a movie like Left Behind. Well, Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds is a really good movie. Uh, if, if the you Rock put, with Sean Connery. It, the Rock is great. If you go back, I mean, the guy's a fucking... Oscar winner. He, he won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, which is an incredible, incredible yeah. film. And that featured prime Elizabeth Shue, who was a fucking smoke show. And she's still a smoke she's show. She's a smoke show. She yeah. was hot in uh, Hamlet 2. <laughs> All right, so we're going to pull up. I'm going to pull up his uh, IMDb page right now. Oh, yeah. He also has fucking Face Off. Face Off is great. Face Off is terrible. I love Face Off. Face Off. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm going to tell you why. And this is actually, it was, let me take a plane. You got to listen to this clip. I want a clip. This okay. is, I used to love it. This turned okay. it around for me. It's a Jimmy and Patrice clip. Where Patrice, oh, no, if Patrice trashed it, I where, No, Patrice it. loved it at first, and no, then Jimmy turned him around in two minutes. That's what I'm saying. The second Patrice starts bashing on something, I hate he, it. He pointed out one scene when, he re, when his wife realizes that it's actually him because he touched the face. 
It's it would listen to the whole fucking clip, dude. When on your way home, Send pull it up me later. Oh, oh, okay, I, so, I, I've been getting back into old though. When his, I his his first his his second no his first movie ever, Nicolas Cage was fucking Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was the burger guy in yeah, the back, yeah. but he wasn't billed as Nicolas Cage. He was Nicolas Coppola. He's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't, yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Um, so I th- also, if that's the case, big, big, big props to him for not using Coppola. Yeah, he, he changed could just, his name. He, he could use, so use that. He's got Raising Arizona, fucking Amazing. great. If you go back, I'm just going through some of the basic ones to where he first wins his Oscar. Um, where's Leaving Las Vegas? What year was Leaving Las Vegas? Ninety three. Yeah. Ninety three. Yeah, here it is. Okay, so he does Leaving Las Vegas. No, ninety five. The Rock, really good. Awesome. Then this is where it starts to get weird, and I do like Con Air, but it's not a good movie. Con Air. Uh-huh. Face off. City of Angels is fucking terrible. And this is where he's still doing like one or two a year. But it starts getting more and more. So in 1998, the City of Angels and Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes should have been cool. It was fucking terrible. 8mm, terrible. 1999, uh, he did two movies. 8mm uh, was one of them. Then he did one of the most underrated Scorsese movies. It's actually on Amazon Prime right now, Bringing Out the Dead, where he plays an ambulance driver in New York City. Okay. Fantastic fucking movie. 2000, he has two movies. Gone in 60 Seconds, really Great. good. This one, I couldn't stand. I know some people like it. It's a very sappy movie, The Family Man. Where he, I never uh, heard of it. He, it's, one of, it's almost like um, uh, a Christmas Carol kind of story okay. where he's this ruthless businessman. So he's he he, um, he wakes up, and now suddenly he's back. He's in the, the present day, but in a completely different life, a middle-class family with his high school sweetheart. And then he wakes up the, after the whole thing is settled, and he figured out. It was, it was horrendous. Lame. All right, and this is where it starts to get really bad. 2001, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Oh um, God! Uh, 2002, Wind Talkers. 2002. Wind Talkers wasn't bad. 2002, Sunny, terrible. 2002, adaptation, fantastic. 2003, Matchstick Men, fantastic. National Treasure, 2004, great. 2005, Lord of War. I like Lord of War a lot. A lot of people like Lord 2005, of War, 2005, The Weatherman. Ugh. What? I didn't even, I didn't even yeah. heard of that one. 2006, World Trade Center, Ugh. The Wicker Man. Terrible. 2007, Ghost Rider. 2007, Next. 2007, National Treasure Book of Secrets. 2008, One Movie, Bangkok Dangerous. 2009, cool. Knowing. I like Knowing. It's not a great movie, but I like knowing it. Knowing is cool. 2009, he remade an all-time great Grindhouse film in Bad Lieutenant, and it was terrible. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port, call, Port of Call, New, call New Orleans. Uh, Kick-Ass, great. Kick-Ass Kick ass is great. great. Sorcerer's Apprentice, Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Seeking... J- this is where he starts doing, like, a ton of wait, movies a year. Wait, wait, wait. They remade... You mean, like, Harvey Keitel, Bad Lieutenant? Yeah. They remade With that? Him, it was terrible. Come on! Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is where he starts doing a ton of movies a year. 2011, Drive Angry, Seeking Justice, Trespass, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. I can't believe they remade which Bad Lieutenant. What? Which is a reboot that nobody realizes is a reboot. Drive Angry? No, 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 oh, Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider. The second Ghost Rider. People don't realize. It was a reboot. It wasn't a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Um, so 2012. The same guy? 2012, he only yeah. did one movie. 2013, he did The Frozen Ground and Joe. 2014, he did Rage, Outcast, Left Behind, Dying of the Light. Uh, 2015, The Runner, Pay the Ghost. 2016, The Trust, uh, Dog Eat Dog, Snowden, um, like Snowden. Uh, Army of One, 2017, Arsenal, Vengeance, A Love Story, Inconceivable, uh, Mom and Dad, The Humanity Bureau, Dark, 2018, he had Mandy, which was fucking awesome. Mandy was f- one of the best fucking action movies of 2018. Incredible movie. Uh, Looking Glass, tw- uh, two, 211, uh, Between Worlds. 
Um, he was one of the voices in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's some cool shit. Um, what? Mandy. Mandy was fucking great, dude. Yeah. Fucking great. Maybe I'll give that to you next week. Um, if not, I'm just going to buy it now. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, so I, I do hope that uh, this movie is like kind of... Um, there, you know, he put himself in debt because he bought a fucking island. So he just started doing every fucking movie script they give him. And half of them are straight to DVD. Whatever, Nick Cage, you asshole. Um, uh, I was excited to see, and I think... I don't know if you're a fan of this, but I know Josh was, that they officially confirmed uh, the return of Reno 911. With the original cast. Ooh, that's cool. That, that that's interesting. It was just never my thing. Oh, except no, it was Nick Swartzen as the as the yeah. Gay he robot. was great as the fairy. <laughs> I love the movie, dude. The, the movie, movie was, was so great stupid, with the, the Rock like, in the beginning of it. Yeah. That movie, the, Jim Dangle in that show. There's some episodes of that if you watch are some of the funniest shit that was ever on TV. <laughs> it was ahead of its time. Like it would probably be more popular if it came out now. Because yeah. that was kind of like a precursor to The Office, to be honest. This kind of like aware comedy mm-hmm. with no laugh track where it's taking place in like a real life situation and you could only do the show in a place like Reno where ridiculous shit is happening. Yeah. It kind of was like a, a precursor to The Office entirely. Then The Office inspired Parks and Rec and Community and all those kind of shows. All those kind of comedies that are realistic quote unquote. Mockumentaries. Speaking of The Office, um, uh, Jerry Amer sent me a, an article last week okay. about uh, John Krasinski. Uh, he is the target of the social justice community right now. For what? Because he seems to really like like um, very conservative roles, like playing military guys and cops, which means he's uh, pro-war and uh, anti-Black Lives Matter. Or, or, or maybe that's just because he's actually turned into a very good actor in those roles. Because he does Jack Ryan, and he which was is in great, 12 by Strong, the and they also somehow made um, A Quiet Place somehow a um, a right-wing movie. Why do these people? No black people? I I don't I don't I didn't, I couldn't even read the context of it because they no they said there's some kind of subtext to it. Did, did you ever see the picture of John Krasinski and then I forget the guy's name who was uh who was Pam's original fiance in the office? I oh, forget the guy's um, name. What was the character's name? Roy. 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 Roy yeah. So they were both in Twelve Strong. And yeah. And someone put up a meme is like it's like. Jim, we gotta go to the Middle East. Why? They took Pam. You see both of them with beards and fucking guns and shit. I, I just thought that was, shit I was can't so believe funny. That Krasinski had to even acknowledge this. That I feel so bad because man. he plays military men. You know what? Then Tom Hanks is an asshole too because he's done all the. He did Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan and what about Gary Sinise? All the money he gives to wounded veterans. I mean, I guess if you do anything that has anything to do with the military now, you're a cunt. Yeah. I, I, I like that to me. <laughs> I hate most social justice shit. That is one of the worst ones I've heard. That's that, that's not even. So Social justice. That's literally like like and, that. That is downright disrespectful. And he also acknowledged. He said that like why he does this is because he has twelve family members that served in different branches of the military. And he's like, this is the way I like I could like honor them and like give them something that we can relate to. Not that I can he can compare it to actually doing. Of course. It, but he was like, it's my way of like seeing like the kind of training they went through and things like that. Dude, military movies have been around for how long? Military shows go back to fucking Mash. You know what I mean? Oh, like, Mash is, great. Mash is one of the great sitcoms of all time, and top ten all time sitcom, well, maybe want, top five. One of the best, one of the best war movies ever is The Great Escape. Do you the, think Steve? The do, you think, great escape. do you think Steve McQueen was an yeah, asshole? Exactly. Probably. Dude, most but, of these people were like, uber liberals. Most of these people would do these military yeah, movies. Yeah. I did like seeing that. Um, so when that Richard Jewell movie came out, the one that Clint Eastwood directed, it was really good. Um, it got all kinds of flack from uh, journalists and uh, people on the left because it made the media look like a bunch of assholes, which they were entirely in the Richard Jewell. 
situation. Yep. One of the first big examples of the, of the media ruining a guy's life for no reason. Oh, yeah. And uh, they said that uh, it was very uh, Trumpian, the uh, the whole movie, because they said Clint Eastwood's a Trump supporter. And then this week it comes out, he endorsed Michael Bloomberg. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right. Got fucking like, trashed we, at the debates, dude. Bloomberg? Oh, my God. He's an asshole. Bro, no, it's not even that, dude. It, it wasn't even like a trashing. It was almost like a roast. Dude, I, it, watched it was I, I watched dude, most of it, it last it, night. It was, so, I, it's this weird thing now. He's not even better last night than he did last week. So, well, yeah, because like every every time somebody you know takes a step ahead, they say something fucking stupid. Like Bernie Sanders this week comes out in support of fucking Fidel Castro. Yeah. So I mean, now the whole stupid. debate is everybody ganging up on this motherfucker. And they, they well, they also love taking anything that you say, doesn't matter who you are, and just twisting the context to take only the negative connotation. They um, Bloomberg or no Biden did it to a Steyer last night about how he bought a prison system 15 years ago and it was uh, jailing black people at a much higher rate and they were treated poorly. He's like, and I found out when I sold it and I've been working with the state to improve that. And don't want to talk about that. But um, with Bloomberg, I watched last week. I had a DVR when we were recording and then I watched it. And I watched most of the last nights. Bloomberg was horrendous last week. He was, bad. He was better this past week. Still not good. None of them are really good. No. I, I, I can't stand Elizabeth Warren. I cannot stand Mayor Pete under any well, circumstances. I like Mayor Pete. I, he is, I don't like anyone that's taken hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Clinton Foundation at all. Yeah. I mean, and the, the whole thing in Iowa, this, obviously we don't talk politics, but we can talk it on a very base level. The, the whole Iowa caucus thing and that they had the issue with the app. And you find out that it was funded by Mayor Pete's campaign, oh. the app. Yeah, he's he comes out. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me that this mayor from a small town, a failed mayor, mind you, is all of a sudden the favorite of the Democratic Party, unless he's being propped up by people that have been in power in the Democratic Party for a long time. Yeah. I, I didn't mind him at first because I thought he's different. He's a young guy. And then I started to peel back the layers of it and read into him a little bit. Oh, okay. A mayor doesn't suddenly come out of nowhere and be one of the front runners. Yeah. It, it, without, unless, you know, unless your name is Kane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he doesn't run for president. If he could now, yeah, he had to be saying. the mayor, then run for president. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're all assholes up there. I, it's I do it's love, hilarious. I do love listening to Biden and his stories. So, no, so it was in the front page of the New York Post. It was the entire Democratic Party, and they, one has a baseball bat, one has boxing gloves. Yeah, dude, it's just they're them all, yelling. They're, they're, they're all just beating each other up, and they wonder why they're going to lose the election. Of course. I mean, and it's funny, and though, I, I'm, because I, that's I, why Trump won the election. Here's the thing. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not bashing Democrats. I'm not at all. I just, like, I call it like well, I see it. It's no leadership in the party whatsoever. They're not on the same page. They all want different things. Mm -hmm. They don't have any leader at the head of the party. But the thing, but, yeah. but but what pisses me off more than anything about politics, and this is as far as I'll go with it, is that you have a, you have a responsibility to work with your work with your colleagues across the aisle to fix this country. And obviously, we all know it's not that's not. It hasn't happening. happened for years. It's not going to happen. So I I agree with Josh. What he said, I believe it was last week. I take all this shit just at comedic value. Oh, you have that's to. That's it because it's watching what pro it is. wrestling. It's dude, pro wrestling, dude. It's, it's heels and faces. When, yeah. when Donald Trump was on the campaign trail and, and when he well, he had fucking stupid nicknames for like Hillary and yeah. Ted Cruz and it's, shit, he's like, got stupid nicknames for him now. He calls uh, Biden uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe. That was funny. Mini Mike for uh, mini, Bloomberg. Mini Mike for Bloomberg. Uh, Crazy Bernie for Crazy Bernie. For Bernie he Sanders. likes Bernie though. Um, 
Pocahontas. For, Pocahontas, uh, of course. But he doesn't. He doesn't say anything bad about Klobuchar or Mayor Pete. Because Klobuchar is probably the most moderate one up yeah. there. She's the only one that makes any sense yeah. on a practical level. Mm-hmm. On any, and I still don't like her. Yeah, and he doesn't say anything about Pete because of the gay thing. Yeah, you and can't. he never said anything about Kamala Harris because of the black I, thing. Growhow texted me today. He's like, Trump spelled coronavirus wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he took a screenshot and sent it to me. Oh Kofi. my god. And Kofefe, yeah. Kofefe, Remember, yeah. he broke the internet for two days with that shit. And also when he congratulated the great state of Kansas. <laughs> I was happy about that one. Him too. He's another one. You, like, you, you, you gotta listen to the things he says and you can't help but laugh. No, it's, it's so incredibly... Outrageous. Dude, it's incredibly hilarious. It's so outrageous. It's so funny. It's comedy the whole, gold. The whole thing is fucking... All of them. They're all fucking... They don't get... We're middle class. We're fucked no matter yeah, what. exactly. Like it's, his, his whole Democrat, speech, Republican, doesn't matter. His, You're fucked. His acquittal speech was nonsense. Utter nonsense. He gets up there, he just stands there, he goes, you know... What a truly terrible, terrible thing we just went through. A very terrible, very awful, very terrible thing. A terrible thing that I don't think any president would have ever been able to go up against. Maybe no other president will ever go up against. They'll probably just quit, but not us. We're stronger than that. Dude, you know what it reminded me of? You literally said nothing. After every every wrestling pay-per-view back in the day, whenever they would screw over Stone Cold and it would Vince helped out the person, they'd come out the next day and be like, "Uh, you know, I did it all by myself. It it was like literally like that. Like, you just got helped by the corporation. I I, I just remember when they killed that Baghdadi guy and they're like, me, 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 listen to this, me, John and Quaz, watching the press conference announcing that they killed him and Trump is up there talking and he goes you know Baghdadi died like a dog (laughs) face down under rubble and then they identified the body he was cornered by canines or as I like to call them dogs (laughs) what yeah like you just said that and we had the pause and John looks at me and goes Presidents don't talk like that. Natalie yeah, they said do to me now. last night, she's like, could you imagine if uh, stuff was more like Game of Thrones in real life and we had like trials by combat? And I oh. said, oh my God, can you imagine Trump getting impeached? <laughs> I demand a trial by combat. I'm going to be picking Bobby Lashley as my champion, <laughs> just like at WrestleMania 25, Battle of the Billionaires, where, of course, I won and I had to shave Vince McMahon's and they, head. Vince was very upset for a very long they time. They try to bring out Umaga. <laughs> he's like against Umaga. He's dead, sir. He's bring out his headstone? <laughs> yeah, just to say, he bring out Rikishi in the Umaga face paint. <laughs> Um, another thing I saw, Amazon Prime. So I just saw Hulu made a series um, from the movie High Fidelity. It's pretty good. Okay. I have no interest in it because the movie to me is perfect. And I, I, from what I understand, they really are pushing the diversity thing on it. Yes, they and are. I, I'm not about that. That's not what High Fidelity was. And it's not anything against what they're – to me, if you want to do that, make an original show like Euphoria that deals with issues like being gay, bisexual, transgender, whatever. Make an original show. Why do you – why did you have to take this incredibly timeless classic film, maybe one of John Cusack's sure. best movies, and then add in these things to it, and ju- for what reason, when you could have made something original? Why put the name High Fidelity? You could have done the same story well, and call and not call it High well, Fidelity, and it's fine. Well, see, I kind of had the same argument when they brought, when they made the Argo, no, not Argo, when they made the uh, Fargo show. Sure. But, it was, but that was cool, and that was a different take Fargo, on it. That was Fargo, a little different. It's also supposed to kind of so take place in it. that universe. This right. is just taking the name High Fidelity and putting a social justice spin no, on I mean, it for I, what reason? I mean, for the sake of it being just a show, and I, I again, I don't 
don't really have any association with it for high fidelity. But oh, like, the it, movie's it's, so it's, good. No, no, I'm saying between show yeah. and movie, I really have. There's no correlation other than the title. But there, I, I think it's pretty cool. There should have been no reason for it. But they are Amazon Prime is making a series from another classic movie, and this one I think can probably be done um, differently. But they're making a League of Their Own series. That could um, be cool. It's gonna be with a different team than the Georgia Peaches. Um, to me, that's one of my favorite sports. I love a League of Their Own. It's one of the best baseball movies ever made. It comes with one of the best, most classic Tom Hanks lines ever. There's no crying in baseball. It's st- I just watched it like a year ago with The Landlord. It's fucking great still. It's one of the few times Rosie O'Donnell is tolerable in a movie. I don't know what they can really do with the series, but I just expect them to really push the uh, the social justice things. I'm sure one of them, uh, even though it wasn't allowed back then, there will be a black woman on the team. Like I, I think it's actually sure it's fine. Whatever. No, that's where I. This is where I have issues though. It was during World War II. The color barrier in baseball hadn't been broken yet. You can't have a black woman on the team. Like you, if you want to, because the League of Their Own is based on a true story. They, they have the whole section in the Baseball Hall of Fame for that specifically. It's one of the coolest things at the Baseball Hall of Fame. If you're going to make something about history that was a major historic thing, that people were actually going to see women play baseball, and they were leaving kitchens literally because they needed entertainment that was distracting them from the war. I don't like... That's where it bothers me, even more than high fidelity, that you have to do it. And it's not going to... I probably won't watch it either way unless I hear it's incredible, but don't push these things just to push them when you have this already significantly historic moment. It's like literally if they took a Revolutionary War movie and made George Washington black. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I have no issues to make James Bond black. In fact, I'm rooting for Idris Elba to be Bond, 100%. But in this kind of case where it literally didn't happen and it couldn't happen, Jackie Robinson was still 20 years away. You got to think about that. We're talking World War II, and Jackie Robinson wasn't until 1951. The Dodgers were still in Brooklyn. Correct. So it, it, it's a really tough thing for me to understand that they're going to do that. Like, I, I have no issue with shows that even push the social justice. I love Glow, and Glow is a very socially conscious show, you know? But it's fucking great. It's funny. Because it's one of these things. It was a show about women's wrestling, Glow. It was a real thing. And do whatever you want with that thing. It's about pro wrestling. You can get as creative as you want. But with something like that, it would just be like making a movie about Babe Ruth, and you put black guys on the team with him. Or a Ty Cobb movie. He would just beat them up. That'd be the most realistic thing about it. I the, probably. I mean, the only time Ty Cobb interacted with black people is if they looked at him the wrong way, and he beat him up. It's literally beat the shit out of him too. I would like a good Ty Cobb movie or I, a series. I, I would like that. You know what? I actually watched it for the first time. I hadn't seen it before. It was sixty one. Oh, 61's great. Oh, fantastic. I like that a lot. Tom Jane is great in that, but Barry Pepper is such an underrated actor. The that, one that so, played Roger Maris. So that, wait, hold on. That's the guy who was uh, the sniper in Saving Private Correct. Ryan? Yeah. He's yeah. fucking awesome. He's a great actor. He always has been a great actor. Yeah. So, but so 61, as, directed by Billy Crystal, Yes. Um, that is a, a really, really good movie. I actually watch that one like every, right around yeah. the time baseball season starts right every year. It, it, it's so good. The fact that they got all this uh, stuff historically right. Um, I don't like Billy Crystal, but he did a great job with that movie. Yeah. I hated when the, the Yankees let him have a one-day contract on the minor league team, and then they were celebrating that he foul-tipped a pitch that was like 45 miles per hour. That's fine. I guess. I don't know. I don't even like when they sign, like when they, Russell Wilson comes in to do it. At least he's an athlete, though. Well, I, I mean, I like it when Tim Tebow goes yard. Well, he's actually playing regularly. Yeah. He's a terrible baseball no, I, player. I, I, I understand. Did you see what his numbers were last year in the minor leagues? 164, 4 21 maybe he didn't even hit home runs anymore nah. he got bumped up and he was worse which he, well, he, he fucked up his hand too so they shut him down at one point he's but he was still a, he's, bad he's 32 
man. Like, well, it's, it's, well, it's, I, so, I respect that well, he went this far. But. Well, so, so apparently he had a pretty he had a pretty nice offer to go play for the the, the XFL. XFL. I mean, and, 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 I mean, that nice I mean, of an offer. They're not offering anyone more than fifty five thousand a year. Well, I mean, to put a name to it, Tim Tebow would he would gotten would sponsorship deals. Well, that's what I'm saying. So obviously, there's more money there. But like I said, he has a sweet gig with SEC Network. And it, listen, I give him all the credit in the world yeah, for, for, sure. for sticking it out because he and trying to, me, to improve. At one point four years ago, when he was really d- deep down in the minors, when there was a small possibility of him coming up in September because the, the season yeah. was lost. And then he they, got hurt. They, but even, st- even then, they still weren't going to do it. Yeah, you know, no. even, them, even to sell tickets. There's, there's but, no reason to. He yeah. can't play the outfield. He it, can't throw he, the, fo- the baseball. I mean, he couldn't throw the football, he throw either. The football either. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but did, there was that one time he threw for 316 yards. Did you see Colin Cowherd ate his own words this week? I, um, he, was, he was talking me. about how why he didn't like Vince Young coming out of college. He goes, I didn't like him. I didn't like his arm. His uh, throwing motion uh, reminded me a lot of Tim Tebow. How his daughter's hot? No, but do you hear what I just said? He said that Vince Young's throwing motion in college reminded him a lot of Tim Tebow. Tebow didn't throw sidearm. No, Tebow wasn't even in college at that point when Vince Young was coming (laughs) into the NFL. He was still a year away from his first game, a season away from his first game as a Gator. Was he? A season, I think it was. A it was his next year that he started as a Gator. He was a senior. So he had no. He was just saying things. Everyone liked Vince Young coming out of college. He was dude, a fucking beast in are college. You kidding me, dude? They he liked was, Matt Liner too, to be fair. Well, and Vince no. Young was better than Matt Liner. So I wanted, and then another thing too is I wanted to bring up. So like, yeah, uh, like like what like what shit have you watched this week that like we weren't supp- like you know what I okay, mean? Okay, what what stuff have we watched? Yeah. So um, so like for me, I'm really into this new show called C. On yeah. Apple TV Plus, I absolutely love. With Jason Momoa, dude, it, it's it's trying too hard to be Game of Thrones. Yeah, but he's typecasted it, into that now, dude. It is wild because it's it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy like aspect of it. So it's like the you know, con- trailers are really cool the, for it. The, like so, essentially, the the basis of it is that humanity, all of humanity, lost its sight. It's like and bird it's, box, and then it's only that. Well, I mean, everyone they just can't see. That's it. Everyone's blind, and then um, they go into these nomadic tribes, and then like there's whole new hierarchy with like a yeah. majesty and shit. And uh, then there become then there's one guy who I don't it's still not explained yet because I'm not that far into it who has the gift who could actually see okay and he leaves behind this box and he gets this chick pregnant and both babies nice. are born and they can see okay so they're trying to hide it because this hot like, like the, the, their their version of government sees the, the the gift of sight as heresy and you'll be oh. burned and you'll be burned at the stake for interesting it. so like they could see maybe everything but but they have to but they have to play it they have to play dumb the whole time even though they could see everything okay maybe I'll try it it's, out it's uh, it's Interesting did, and it's very violent. I did try. A, I texted you guys about it. Another Apple TV Plus show. Um, the M. Night Shyamalan did Servant. Oh yeah, you were telling me about I it. I really wanted to like it. The first episode was good, and then it just kind of dragged. It's one of these things where um, I think M. Night Shyamalan he uh, eats more than he can chew sometimes, and it would have worked better as a movie. The concept of it's really cool. This girl starts working as a nanny for these uh, th- this couple who lost. Uh, they have a baby, but it's not even actually a baby. It's like a life replica of one, their baby died, and the mother to help her get through her postpartum, they had like a replica of their baby recreated. But then suddenly the baby comes back when, with the nanny. What? The baby's and they're all, act, besides the father, the mother's like, oh, never happened. The mother treated it like it was a real baby. And there's a, Rupert Grint is in it, with an American accent that keeps breaking into his British, his real accent. Really? Um, That's awesome. <laughs> it might have worked better as a movie. Well, and then, uh, uh, so like that like that just sounds like very weird. Well, it's it's a, it's I wouldn't even call it horror because at no point did I find anything and I, like I don't, creepy even. It was eerie, I would say. Maybe not creepy, eerie. 
eerie. Okay. Um, but uh, I have been watching uh, Quaz's recommendation. I started watching Silicon Valley. Um, you will love that. It's, yeah. Mike Ju- it's Mike Judge. It's like watching an extended episode of Office Space or extended version of Office Space. I think Gabe is in that from The Office. Yes, Kurt, Gabe is in it. Yeah. He plays like the biggest fucking loser, but he's so fucking and, and, funny. And apparently, like that, that's like prime. I mean, say what you want, but apparently that's prime T.J. Miller. Yeah, T.J. Miller's really funny in it. The main kid is really funny and in th- it. Thomas Middleton. There's all different kinds of people that come into it that so you'll recognize. It's funny, Thomas Middleditch. When I used to be big in the college humor back in the day, they would have. Oh, he they, was great. They would have these. They would have these showcases at the UCB Theater in New York, and me and my buddy Ryan would go. I saw child. I saw Donald Glover do stand up yeah. there. I saw Thomas Middleditch do stand up mm-hmm. there. But and like and he was really funny. And then one day I see it, I'm like, what the fuck? He's on an HBO show now. Yeah. But now now he's in. He you, was, he was the guy. Jonah Hill ate his fish in Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Like it's you'll you'll definitely like. It. There was a line that um Gabe from the Office had that made me laugh so fucking hard last night. They're in a situation where they're explaining they they uh, they were talking about the band Limp Biscuit and they were saying Limp Biscuit is basically and uh, what it actually is is another uh, way another phrase for ookie cookie. That's where the name comes from. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like explaining what what it is and um the one guy goes well it's when a bunch of fr- guys in a frat they uh they t- they're all jerking off onto a, a cracker and whoever uh, comes last has to eat the cracker and then Gabe from the office goes well it could be a wheat thin. <laughs> Like, so uh, you'll like that a lot. I'm really funny. Half-hour episodes on HBO fly through them. I finished up Veep. Yeah, and then uh, you have to watch. Uh, I only watched the first episode. You have to watch McElhaney's new show, Mythic Quest. Okay. Raven's Banquet on Apple TV. Okay. The guy who created It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. No, I wanted to watch that because I Dude, love him. It is fucking hilarious. I want to watch that. It is so Cause funny. Because I've just been going through. like it, on. Well, it's also just weird watching him, and there's there's no Charlie. There's no yeah, D. It, it's, well, it's a little weird. It's culture shock. You know? Well, I mean, he crea- it was him that created It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Um, uh, but what else? Um, Better Call Saul came back this week, which was fucking awesome. I st- I, I'm gonna wait till it probably it's. Well, I could probably start now because yeah, what, they I just got added three the, seasons. They just no four. They just added the most recent season. So season four is on Netflix yeah, now. All okay, four. Because I have I've only seen bits and pieces with Quaz whenever yeah. I go over there. That's about uh, it, dude. I really think that when this ends, I don't know how much of you you've watched Better I've Call Saul. I've only watched uh, season one and season um, two. I think the way this is setting up that it could rival Breaking Bad because it is building to such a point to think about where he's at now. And how where he was when when you first meet him on Breaking Bad, some crazy shit's gonna have to go down, and I just want to see how they're gonna do it. And they do these little like flash forwards to where he is present day, like after he leaves uh, Albuquerque, and you're wondering what the fuck is going on. And he's so good, Bob Odenkirk, the girl that plays his girlfriend is on it, the one that plays his brother on the show, Mike Armentrout is fucking incredible on this one. You get Gus again, you get Tuco, you get the the twins that look like Miguel Cotto that shot Hank. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's really good. Uh, there was a new Curb this week that was fucking unbelievable again. I, I've dropped off on Curb. Uh, it's only Al, because I'm just listening. Uh, Alan Tudyk was on this episode, and he plays like a, like a, an inventor, and he's helping Larry David invent a coffee mug that keeps things hot. And because why? Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, the guy has a German Shepherd, and he has a this guy has a German accent, and he's he's like, oh, here's my dog. His name's Adolf. He's like, you named your dog Adolf? Uh, named after my gra- uh, my great grandfather. Oh, okay. And then the guy walks away, and the dog starts barking at Larry David and, like, going to attack him. And Larry goes, ah, Heil Hitler! And the dog stops trying to attack him. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the dog ends up eating a fucking the star of David at one point, oh too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, wow. uh, Fred Armisen was on the episode this week, too. I'm like, how? He's the only one that could get away with this kind of stuff, really. I, Alan Tudyk fucking rules, too. He's a fuck. He's a Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. Um, so, I'm trying to... If I've watched anything else, um, I think that's about it. That I'm. Did you watch Clone Wars? 
I didn't want. I want to wait for a couple episodes because yeah. they only released one so far. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm sure it was. I'm. I, I. I might wait for a few because that's one I like sitting down and like binging through. Like I. Oh, I I'll tell you what else I did. So on Sunday, I've been making everyone, especially at, at the doctor's house, I've been making everyone watch like good movies lately. Yeah. And I got at one point I got Steli, I got Nick, I got Bob, I got Quaz. Okay. I got, well, not Quaz. Quaz was dying upstairs. Yeah. And is I he got, dead or what? And I got John all sitting there, and they made him watch Ford versus Ferrari all Hell the way yeah. through. And literally, I, I Nick hates everything. Yeah, and he Nick loved literally it. goes. Well, Nick only wow. loves cars. He's a fucking fruit. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was just it was just no, it's funny. A great like, movie. And, like and because they're like, oh, let's watch Ford versus Ferrari. I go, dude, like I've seen it easy ten times at this point. Yeah, like, I kind of don't want to, but it's like I never seen it. All right, fine, put it on, and it's still great. Yeah, it's Ford versus, is one of, is easily my favorite movie. No, dude. it's one of my. All, it's slowly climbing the ladder. It's one of my wow, all-time favorite high for movies. You. I love it that much. Yeah, I think it just broke into my top ten from last year um i really liked it it just um it's one of these things with certain movies um a movie like that i well i absolutely loved it and i thought it was great it didn't have the same type of um i, I like original stories more so i and, just i love the history because it's such yeah, a no, monumental it's, it's really moment cool. in american there's history there's a million movies like it that i love that still just don't make it there for me sure it otherwise needs like some kind of like next level worldly performance like i love walk the line but the performance in ray was better in acting wise yes. but the thing that i like more about Walk the Line is that Joaquin was actually singing and playing. Yeah, right. It's funny. Uh, some of the rec- I listen to the Walk the Line soundtrack pretty often, and I actually like the songs they do. I like Joaquin and Reese doing it more than John Johnny Cash and June Carter. That's a lot. It, it's weird. Like they're, they're, uh, well, it's also because they're produced better because of the technology. Well, of course, they sound better, so yeah, that's right. part of it. Um, I'm trying to. Okay, what else do I have here? Okay, so we were talking about the XFL a second ago. Yeah. Um, did you see the XFL ratings for week three? Uh, I know they were in the fucking dumps, They dude. They dropped significantly. Their first week, they did a 3.2, and they did a 1.6 this week, I believe, was the average. So, Bob and I tried to watch. We got through maybe, it was the Guardians and the Battle Hawks, and it was just, the Guardians are so bad. Yeah, no, none, of, none of the teams are good well, I mean, so by, I mean, by like, XFL standards. Th- there's, th- like, there's some good players mixed in there, sure. definitely, but I mean, the, 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 the level of football is, like, astronomically bad, and it, it's, it's legitimately hard to watch because there are so many times when you're sitting there watching and you're like, oh, look, flag here, flag there. I mean, sometimes NFL games could drag on like that where there's like a sh- like shitty holding calls or whatever that happens. But it's just every other play, like the Guardians' false start. Oh, the dude, only part that was cool when they ran the reverse the, on the That was kick, cool. The that kick, was fucking I like, awesome. Some of this stuff is cool, but I, I sent you th- guys a thing in the group chat that someone, I don't know how this isn't national news at this point, but um, someone on Twitter, they went through and they um, compared the stats that Pro Football Focus was pulling up for the XFL players because they're tracking it compared to what the XFL was reporting stats-wise, and they don't add up. Really? So, yeah. And who, you know who XFL is partnered with? I'm creating. This is why. No, notice. Do not bet on XFL players. I, I stopped after. Okay. So the uh, XFL is partnered with DraftKings on their stats, and the XFL stats match up with DraftKings. They're literally giving guys yards that aren't there, like receivers and things like that. Yeah. But they're not giving the quarterback the yards. It, it's something like how do like okay? This is the, Vince. The, well, this is Vince fucking so, McMahon so, running it. So that, that that almost seems illegal. I mean, in theory, it is. It, it sounds unless illegal to they me. D- they presented something that under under the radar that there's well, going to be a level of fixing this. I, I've watched enough WWE documentaries and enough people. 
people have said Vince is the king of loopholes. Oh, he's amazing at it. He's a brilliant, brilliant businessman. You yeah. cannot deny it. He's the king of loopholes. He's just so not good I'm at anything sure, but wrestling. I, I'm sure that he's found a loophole somewhere where you could partner with a sports book while you're running a multi-billion, a multi-million dollar sports league. Yeah, that I just mean, do, that doesn't seem right. I no, it's not. And I mean, anyone that I saw someone post, someone I'm friends with on Facebook, literally posted. It was a, a thing. It was a funny video um, of one of the guys in the locker room after the game where he bit off the top of a beer can. It was a seltzer. They yeah, do whatever they seltzer. Do it was the top yeah. of a seltzer. And he posted, oh, see this? NFL is going to be extinct in 10 years. No shot. Based on, okay, based on a video of a guy ripping off a seltzer can with his mouth, which any of us could do if we wanted to. That's going to help their quality of football out. Listen, the, the, the quality of football is terrible. Listen, people get mad at the NFL for being boring, and then people get mad at the XFL for having shitty football. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. You, you need to pick one. And, and every single time, I will pick quality football yeah, 1, over, over entertainment because quality football is entertainment. What, what's going to happen in a couple of weeks when the XFL is going head-to-head with March Madness? Uh, they're they're going to be awful. Are you kidding me? And I haven't watched a single college basketball game except for Duke UNC, and I will watch the tournament before I watch the yeah, XFL game. It's, I'm not watching the XFL. I can't. I tried the last three weeks. It is Dude, not watchable football. I will watch the bubble show when all the 16 seeds make it before I watch yeah. the other XFL game. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Um, they announced the runtime of the new James Bond movie today. It's going to be the longest James Bond movie to date. Two hours and 43 minutes. Uh, it should be five and a half hours. I'm fine with it. I, it's Double literally feature. no time. Time to die. I could die in two hours and forty-three you know, minutes. So I have time. So I, I was thinking Someone about this. No time to piss. <laughs> I was thinking about this when you said, um, like, uh, like uh, having like uh, Idris Elba play James yes. Bond. Now I just had a great. What if Hassan Minaj played I'm, James Bond? I, I think that would be fucking I'm, sick. Listen, I am open to any man playing James Bond, but, but that's, specifically but like, man. I don't know why I'm so into that. Like, if like Hassan Minaj, that guy, and he's in like Dubai, or he's in like some, he's in some like crazy. I, I, I can't. I can't agree with Dubai because Mission Impossible um, I, I think it was Ghost, no, Protocol. Ghost Protocol Ghost Protocol took claim to that whole well, scene when, with the sandstorm well, yeah, and he's well, running down the building yeah, that's fucking the sandstorm nuts. is one of the best shots in all of Mission Impossible. No I'm just saying like I think that would no, be I'm cool a, with, a cool way to do that I, you know? I, I think James Bond um, it, again we've talked about this a hundred times in here should always be a man but I don't give a shit what their race is. I saw that um, it was actually Billie Eilish who's doing the new one that she said that she'd so. like Michael B. Jordan to be the one to play Bond but I do think that Bond should be British. Yeah I agree with that. I I think Bond should be British. I don't want to bond with the fake British accent. It's weird, like, because I think that's how stupid social justice warriors are, that my semantics are more sensible in compared to their stupidity. Like, I, you, I think you, you, that... You have a preference of accent as opposed to race. Yeah, exactly. Which is I, fine. I think it's... But I just think it's such a deep-rooted thing, and it's funny because the most famous Bond voice is Scottish. So, like, <laughs> like, so like what if you had a Bond that was, like, Australian? I mean... Mm, no, I want him from Europe. Then shrimp, shrimp on the Bobby, may I? You know what? Give me a, uh, a Russian Bond. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's like, good no, he's sitting vodka. there. He's, he's like he's sitting there. He's talking to himself while he's sniping people. This man is dead. Yeah. Um, oh, I, only I'm, a, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see with it because especially because the guy that wrote and directed this Bond did the first season of True Detective. I think True Detective is amazing. It, it's one of the best seasons of television ever. It's one of the two or three best seasons of TV ever done. Um, uh, Taylor, uh, you wanted to talk about Ralphie May. Yeah. All right. Uh, please. Well, I just want to. Tra- I just want to trash his piece of shit ex-wife. 
uh, really, she was married to Ralphie. She got crushed a few times for for ten years, uh, probably longer. But they were together for seventeen. Um, Lana Turner was his ex-wife, yes. and you know, obviously, Ralphie May passed away in twenty seventeen of cardiac arrest. And it was no, it was no, you know, it was no secret that he wasn't exactly a saint either. Um, yeah, but, he had his demons. But the thing is, and this is me. Maybe I'm a little biased or whatever have you, but. Whatever Joey Diaz has to say, and someone who's been a convicted felon who has done his fair share of bullshit. Kidnap people. Kidnap people. Who's done his fair share of terrible things to people. And has come out the other side of really, really genuinely a good person. Yes. And all this shit. And when he says that he was there from the beginning and he saw Ralphie, that when, you know, the, the rape allegations yeah, were yeah, there. Of course. When he went through a two-year divorce with her mm -hmm. and then Lana talked him out sure. of it. Now Lana's just bashing Ralphie. For, while, for profit. While profiting off his name when he made fucking millions for this woman and then she put him through hell took his fucking kids yep. away he was a he felt like shit she it was her idea to have this documentary that just came out what's eating ralphie may it was her idea and ralphie wanted nothing to do with no, this not at all when they had the camera on the bus when they had the bash brothers and joey diaz out on tour together now here's the other thing that i found out that really fucking that really twists my nuts is fucking she didn't have she she claimed to have no money but she's profiting off of ralphie's name and didn't have the decency to buy him a headstone no not at all his friends had to buy him joey a Joey had to buy him a fucking and headstone. I, Uncle fucking Joey had to buy him a I headstone. Said, I said this to you specifically. I was not a big Ralphie May fan, but he was one of the good guys in the industry. I never heard anyone say bad things about him as a person. Obviously, there's things behind closed doors that we'll never know about. Of course. I don't believe any of that bullshit that she said. It's disgusting to sully a man after he's dead just so you can profit off it and get your name in the limelight because no one is going to see your performances because you're an unfunny hack. There's like, I, I don't want to sound like I don't think female comedians are funny because there's some really funny ones out there. Bonnie, some, McFar Bonnie McFarlane is one of the funniest women yeah, alive. I, I don't agree with what uh, Liza Schlesinger says most of the time, but she is so goddamn funny. <laughs> She's very funny. smart. Oh my god, um, she is hilarious. I mean, uh, Lisa Lampanelli back in the day was fucking great. When Amy Schumer first blew up, she was fucking great. Sarah Silverman was really smart for a long time. But this woman's never been relevant. Her relevance was based off Ralphie's Ralphie, relevance. Correct. And Ralphie was a true rags to riches story in comedy. He, he was just a, he was a, he was a he was a southern boy with good manners that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, did you listen to that clip I sent you when they were talking about his yeah. family diet. Yeah. He, again, Ralphie was a fuck. Ralphie was a very funny guy. Man. Oh yeah. And it's just one of those weird things where it's like you know, it's almost like the Chris Farley shit where it's like you, you, uh, like where Bob Saget pulled him aside. He's like, you can't be fat and a drug addict. You have to pick yeah. You one. have to pick one exactly. And, and it was one of those things where you know <laughs> I said that to Nick once. I had even a coke problem and a weight problem. And then he lost a lot of he, weight. He was pissed at me about that, and I was like, dude, I, I, for a while. I was like, you could be pissed. What did I say that wasn't true? <laughs> well, he definitely didn't. He didn't have a coke problem. Well, I mean, I know, I know that much. I'm just saying. He had a weight problem, though. <laughs> Fair, but and a Wolverine but, sideburns problem. Uh, they're still there. Uh, and uh, but no, like I said, my, my my main issue is that Lana. I didn't hear of Lana until the last three weeks when I heard about all this shit going down, yeah. and when I finally started digging in and looking at it, and I'm like, this fucking bitch has the audacity. She did an interview with some guy with some fucking asshole in Tucson, and she's they're talking about. Ralphie, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but if you're talking about your significant other who, you know, you've been, you know, you've been through the fucking ringer with and you claim to have loved at some point and you're sitting there and you're saying he's dead and he's dead, he's dead. Even if you're a comedian, it doesn't matter. You should yeah. be sitting there laughing no. and being joyful about shit and then going on stage and writing a shitty three-minute song and saying, my, my dead fat yeah, husband. Like what is, what, you're, you're literally a piece of trash. Ralphie wanted nothing to do with any of that shit that she wanted well, to bring it's in. it's good that all these people that can speak on it are now speaking out on it. 
it, and I hope more do. Um, I'm sure. Is, is a documentary on Netflix now? Or I is believe it, coming it is. Out? It's, it's, it's coming out I'm going to look for when Jim and Sam talk about it, because Jimmy was friends with Ralphie. Yeah. So and I'm sure I, he'll talk about so it. So here's the other thing that pissed me off, too. With that clip I sent you with Joey and the Bash yeah. Brothers was that Lana went after anyone. I don't know what it is. I have an affinity for Joey Diaz. I think he's such a great fucking dude. And if anyone, like, she claimed that those guys who were on the road with him majority of the time enabled his drug use. Yeah. Enabled his eating no, and his destru- and his destructive lifestyle, which wasn't even remotely but, true. Dude, he's a grown man. No one forced any fucking drugs on him, and he also had no drugs in his system when he died. He got bronchitis, and his fucking heart gave out. Exactly. Like, give me a fucking break. And for this fucking wretched bitch to now try and profit off her ex-husband, who hated her, mm-hmm. as if she has any ground to stand. You know what? If they were together when he died, and they were on great terms, I would have no issue with her writing songs about him being fat and dead because it's her way of grieving. Good this term, is her sure. way of being a fucking asshole Just and try to get sympathy for someone that had no love in their heart for her anymore. No. Outside of being the mother of his children, she can fucking drop dead. And, 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 and like, he, like he knew he was stuck. I, I, I now like read now like like you know the you know, the details in the you know the devils in the details that he was really just a miserable fuck the last two years of his life because Lana's dragging him through this absolutely insane yep. divorce. And he's and this is again Uncle Joe. He goes and says, "I never seen a man so emotionally distraught because he couldn't see his kids." Yep. And I felt and that just whatever I don't know why that hit me as hard as it did, but I felt I'm like, God damn it, man. And then seeing what she's doing, I can't stand it. And uh, I'm, listen, on the off chance that Lana, you listen to this, which you probably won't fuck yourself seriously. You're a fucking gold digging whore, and you're riding the coattails of a much better man than you will ever hope to find again in this world. Fuck yourself. Yeah, it's funny because I again I wasn't a big Ralphie fan, but I was bummed when he died because he was one of the good dudes. Like he was one of those got ones he in was, comedy that everyone had something good to say so about. He um so again I I love Burt Kreischer mm-hmm. and Ralphie brought brought Burt on the road when Burt was just a fucking opening act or you know what I mean yeah. that's all he was they, uh, one of the funniest stories was Burt and Ralphie where both their wives were on vacation together and Ralphie's paying for everything you're talking two thousand three thousand dollar meals and, and you know and Burt's like you know I'm a grown man I'm gonna fucking pick this check up and he picks the check up and it's thirty five hundred bucks yep. and he's like and he has he doesn't have a dime in his pocket and all you hear is Ralphie in the background oh Burt Kreischer play you should let me pay the bill I got all the money you got no fucking money <laughs> now you gotta divorce your wife to get that alimony check like he just I liked him more I he was terrible on Opie and Anthony. He was just sure. He, it, it's it was just one of those things. Some right. people don't know how to do radio. He was, there were he times, was great on fucking church. There, happening there were now, times man. where he was funny, but he didn't really get the flow of how O and A worked. He was sure. always trying to be like over the top and funny rather than just bullshit. And sometimes he was funny. Well, there was times and he, he also was always too. he was also a great sport about how he like that plane crash bit about his family dying in a plane crash, and they're saying yeah the plane flew into a Ralphie rather mm-hmm. than a mountain. Like mm-hmm. it, there was some funny stuff there. Um, him and Anthony used to go at it, and Anthony was the first one to call him out that like we're all talking and you just start yelling things like you're ruining the flow of the show that was his gimmick he didn't always need to be gimmicked up well no it was I mean there's definitely you know a night and day difference because like I was so I was listening to an older show again so you got Bill Burr Jimmy Rich Voss and Patrice all in the same room and they're fucking falling out laughing and then Colin Quinn in the background just making fun of everyone like it's it it was a dynamic that not a lot of radio shows well that was the thing it was just it was literally just dudes kind of like this that's I always said that we kind of based what I wanted to do so, here uh, off like what Opie and Anthony did where it's there's no like there's no gimmicks there's some bits you know we do little sure, things I mean, they did bits too you do voices um, we did the Val Venus thing last week we shit like that we don't do fucking George Burns hey. yeah, yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we talk like old 90s well listen here copper like the whole time I, I mean old radio voices are the worst thing we ever. now bring you back to the Zeppelin races and here we are with George Limbo. <laughs> he can't find his baby dude 
the funniest thing so I was listening because they were listening to their first oh the humanity <laughs> they were listening they were making fun of their old WNEW their oh, first show great. right and they were listening to it and all you hear then I guess I guess Colin and Jimmy always went at it and my favorite thing ever was like Jimmy said something no one laughed and all Colin said was just clam up and I fucking fell out <laughs> laughing all because he, he's just telling them to shut up in different ways and all he says is, oh you hear him in the background off mic clam up the bombing the bombing died. on ONA the fact that they would acknowledge when they besides Opie they would acknowledge when they weren't funny and like just embrace it was one of the best parts that one of them would bomb and then the silence and the car crash and then they would play the, be more funny or just the different sound bites but, but every time Jimmy would bomb all you all you hear was Anthony with whoa hey uh, newsflash this road is foggy car crash. The best is when E Rock would bomb, and then they had a sound clip of E Rock of himself where he just goes, I'm not good. <laughs> they would just play it on a loop. Um, Crunching hardwood floors. So, uh, one thing that I was actually kind of surprised to see, they've been running the trailers for it a lot the last week or two. It comes out this Friday with um, the chick for uh, Elizabeth Moss from uh, the, the Handmaid's Tales. She okay. was Jonah Hill's girlfriend and get him to the Greek. Um, they remade The Invisible Man, like the classic Invisible Man story. Yes. And it's supposed to be really fucking good. Like, there's Saying it yeah. is one of the absolute best horror remakes ever done. Yeah, Jeremy Jans gave it a good. Yeah, like, and th- that's the thing. The Invisible Man story. They did actually kind of remake it back in the '90s with Kevin Bacon. Hollow Man. I actually Hollow liked, Man was fucking ridiculous. I loved Hollow Man at the time when it came out. At one point, he's invisible and he's sucking on Elizabeth Shue's titty uh-huh. when she's sleeping. <laughs> but the ho- the thing with these old horror movies, and the Universal tried a few years ago with the Mummy. They tried redoing the the Dark Universe, and they wanted to do Frankenstein and Wolfman and things like that. Creature from the Black Lagoon. But they went, yeah, they tried. They went so like special effects heavy that they lost the nuance of those kind of stories. And the thing with the Invisible Man, the whole story, what it's actually about, is an abusive relationship. It's about how often you don't notice who the abuser is because they're good at covering it up. I mean, people that we know that have been in abusive relationships, the boyfriend would always present himself as a good guy. I'm funny, and you don't. When you find out, you're like, holy shit. While the victim is looked at as crazy or out of her mind. And in the case of the Invisible Man, she's telling everyone he's invisible. He's attacking me. And they're like, you're fucking crazy. There's not someone that's invisible. And it sounds like they captured that very, very well in this. So I hope this inspires them to try and do these movies right. Because... BBC just did a great job with the uh, the Dracula thing, like Sherlock, the three part series. That was really well done. They haven't done a Frankenstein thing besides Aaron Eckhart with I Frankenstein. <laughs> you know what that translates to in Spanish? What? Yo Frankenstein. <laughs> That's what the Spanish poster is for it. But I'm actually I'm gonna try and see Invisible Man this weekend because I was very hesitant. I'm not a big fan of hers. I acknowledge she's a good actress, but she just has one of those faces that I would never hit a woman, but I want to punch her. <laughs> In the face. Uh, you want to get raped in the face? <laughs> yes, I would like to get raped in the face as well. Um, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Taylor. Um, big boxing match this weekend. Everyone called um, me fucking crazy. Uh, to be fair here, um, Deontay Wilder, was his legs were tired. Because <laughs> he fucking dressed up like Sauron? I loved, the, I loved the suit when it came out, and then someone pulled up a clip from when he was on Rogan a few months ago that he trains with 45-pound weight vests on to train for the weight. So he's used to carrying that much around. Now, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to argue that there's a good chance that fucked his legs up coming into the fight. I'm sure. but, but you know what? Maybe you should have tried it on beforehand and done the walk. Or maybe don't do it. Do it like Tyson Fury didn't get carried the fuck out. Dude, um, I've never spot. seen Deontay Wilder look worse, but he is not a particularly good boxer. He's just an incredibly
incredibly powerful puncher. Yes. No, I know that for a fact. I think the, fu- the, the so the two things. One was so I watched the entire card, all three and a half hours of it. I believe uh, more so the next day when I watched everything. Yeah. And there was uh, it was like a light middleweight fight or some mm-hmm. shit. There's some dude who was six six who weighed 150 yeah. pounds, and in the middle for three rounds of that fight, it just showed uh, Deontay walking through the walking through the casino, walking through ten minutes of Deontay Wilder yeah. walking. Literally what mm-hmm. Rand, literally what Randall said in yeah. Clerks too, and. Then you see Tyson Fury sitting down, having a good time. It looked like to me that Deontay was just not ready for that kind well, of moment. I think moment. Deontay was just so convinced that over the course of 12 rounds, that if he touched his chin with the power right hand, that he wouldn't be able to get. He wouldn't. He would drop he, and not get back up. He, I think he was overconfident. He looked, honestly, Deontay looked a little starstruck. No, he he looked like he just he came in with one trick, which is really, to be fair, all he has. Well, and Tyson Fury is not the most technical boxer, but he's very unorthodox, and he's he is he is he has a great. Gas tank for a guy his size. Um, I still don't think I, I will argue to the day I'm dead. Tyson Tyson Fury is not an all-time great heavyweight. He's a very good heavyweight. He is not even. I, I don't know enough. He to. would he would lose to Lennox Lewis. He would lose. Honestly, he probably have a better shot against Mike Tyson than he would Lennox Lewis in a Vander Holyfield. Um, he's big. He hits hard. He his chin is decent. Not a great chin, but he has a good gas tank. The thing is, like this was the first time since Lennox Lewis that anyone has cared about a heavyweight title fight. And that, I think Tyson Fury would have lost to a prime Klitschko. He beat a washed up bum Klitschko. And Klitschko was a great heavyweight by any standard that you're measuring as far as boxing goes. One of the great defensive boxers. Vladimir Klitschko is one of the great defensive boxers of all time. Right right hand holds you. Right hand holds you. He was great at it. But I mean, it was 10 years he was the heavyweight. Yeah, he was was an incredibly dominant. Tyson Fury could still improve his legacy. He's got to beat Wilder again. He's got to beat Anthony Joshua. I think Joshua will end up being a tougher opponent than uh, Wilder, because Joshua is a better boxer. I, yeah, he turns it into a regular boxing match. But um, Fury just has that it factor. He has that star factor. He's licking blood in the middle of the fight after saying he wanted to taste his I, blood. He, he, he didn't lick blood. He, well, he was licking him. He was well, licking no, the dude. Well, no, it was though. It was just it looked like it, yeah, but he really didn't. Lick it, him. Of course, but it, it, the way you could frame it is that he said he wanted to taste his blood and he's licking sure. him, and then he's singing after. And then you got that cocksucker demon brought Bob Arum, who's like ninety, still promoting fights, up there singing American Pie with him. It was a it was a spectacle. Um, Deontay Wilder looked horrendous in yeah, every was, single I, way. It, it was very bad. I, was, I, I do say, I, my, he, him coming out to Patsy Klein was fucking yeah, great. Was, I love that. Um, but it just, it, again, it just looked like that Tyson Fury just rose to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he changed things up. Like you said, uh, if you go from fight one to fight two, Tyson was on his back foot yeah. more so as a counterpuncher mm-hmm. and kind of like just picking his shots where Deontay was always pressing Yeah, forward. and this time so this Tyson time, walked him down. He cut off the corner. He pushed him in. He put his weight on him, Deont- 270 pounds, 30, so, 30 40 pounds of weight so on him. The only issue the, the only issue I have from the fight, and it's not even from both fighters, it's really from the referee. Mm-hmm. I feel like the referee kind of interfered a little too much when when, when it came to the clinch. I understand. Yeah, yeah because, no, he did, I, because, he did. because I was looking at because it looked like to me every time Tyson cleaned up, especially after the first knockdown in the third round, yeah. Tyson was laying on him, draining his energy, but he was also trying to dirty box in the middle of that. They don't want they're they're trying to stop rabbit punching before it possibly happens because you're really not even supposed to dirty box in boxing. You're not supposed well, to I, I, I know you're not I'm just saying it's still part of the sport. Yeah, you know what I mean? Everyone knows that, but the other, like I said, him get him getting in the middle of it a little too much was kind of my issue. And then, it, I, I mean, at that point, I think it was the fifth or sixth round when he took a point away. I'm like, it doesn't matter. He's yeah, I know. But even at that point, but you can never trust boxing judges. They're, up, they're crooked. Up until the sixth round, e- e- like wait, wait, right before the start of the seventh round, I still had round two to, to Deontay Wilder just by it a was, hair, a cunt hair. It was close enough. Um, I, I, I just, I here's the thing. Uh, Deontay Wilder has um, put on post fight 
one of the most ungracious. Yeah, um, it's, that's he, the part that's annoying he, me the he most. Wants, he's blaming he's, – he's claiming his own cornerman had a bias because he trained with Tyson Fury's trainer. He, he just fired his cornerman. Yeah, he fired his, co- his lifelong cornerman. He's blaming the suit, and he's starting to say, I'm not making excuses. Yo, you are, dude. Like, And listen, the, the best thing for boxing is if when they fight again, Deontay Wilder wins. That is the best no, thing I, for I, boxing. I agree. Because then you'll get a fourth fight, something that very rarely happens in boxing, and it, you have an actual rivalry to build on. Because Anthony Joshua isn't flashy. He's not particularly exciting. He's a very good boxer. Boxer, but he isn't. He doesn't have crazy knockout power. He he reminds me a lot of um, oh shit, I'm forgetting his name. He, uh, you're, you're the boxing expert. Yeah, yeah. he he was a uh, Olympic gold medalist in boxing, and he wasn't a very good. Pro- he was a, a good professional boxer, but not a champion because it's a different thing. You're point fighting versus uh, you're you're just you're literally just fighting for points. You're wearing headgear. You're yeah, not right. really getting a ton of knockdowns. Well, isn't the Olympics technically amateur? Yeah, so it's that's technically why. amateur. Yeah. So, so and here's the th- and here's the thing too. I've said it many 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 many. Many many moons ago, boxing is a dead sport. And for, mm. and hold on, you're, you're talking about over five years ago, right? When I didn't really know what the fuck yeah, I was sure. talking about, I was more so a UFC guy. Yeah, yeah. Both, I have such a high admiration for both these guys yeah. because the whole reason why this even started was because Deontay Wilder wanted to fight the best. Deontay got him out of retirement. Got man. him out got of him retirement. Into shape. No matter what, listen. And obviously, it's as ungracious as Deontay has been these la- this last week since his loss, and yeah. he's just blaming everyone, everything, everything and their but himself. Um, is that? I have such a high respect and admiration for both these guys. Yeah, how could and you not? They're the, both, and one's t- tough as shit. The other one is uh, like a real life inspiration. It's like one of these things where I said, you know, I love I love Tyson Fury, I love Deontay Wilder. Both guys truly do inspire me because you know you're talking about both guys literally came from nothing. Tyson, yeah. Tyson Fury to me is such an interesting character. That whole thing with the Gypsy King, his yeah. whole lineage. I agree and completely. The th- and the thing that always was always so cool to me was when I didn't really understand what lineal champion meant mm-hmm. when the, I think you can go back to the very first ever heavyweight champion in boxing. That's to be the man, to beat the man, to beat the man. That's what's so cool about it. And that's yeah. that's to me means more to me than a belt. If I'm, yeah. if I'm well, the lineal so champion. There's so many different I, I, belts. No, the, well, so the big one obviously is the WBC mm-hmm. and then the Rock, then the one that Rocky had. Yeah. The same, well, or whoever, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the real championship mm-hmm. belt. But um, both these guys have really made me a big fan of boxing. And I watched the... I, I the watched, thing sucks is you only get like two good boxing pay-per-views a year. I know. And like I said, so for me, the one, the one fight I, I would pretty particularly like to see now. I want to see Tyson and Joshua, but I need to see Tyson and Fear uh, Tyson and Deontay run it back. Yeah, they time, definitely got least. they definitely got to run that back. Um, if they're going to do the rematch, do it right away while the momentum on this is hot, um, because the chances of, of Wilder losing another fight, because even in his fight before this, when he fought um, uh, Ortiz, Ortiz, well, he, he was, was losing, losing. He was losing before he knocked him out. Yeah. So the thing in boxing is it once you have like two losses, that's it. It's hard. Like, it, yeah. It's really really well, hard say, to come back. There's very few. I mean, the fact that George Foreman came back at age 42 and won the heavyweight championship of the world was such an anomaly. It was such a weird thing to happen. It's very rare that I mean Roy Jones came back and because he, he was Roy Jones, he's, he's my favorite boxer of all time. Roy right. Jones, he's he was in my lifetime, he's my favorite boxer of all time. Sure, um, but it, it's. They, they, the heavyweight division is the most crucial thing to boxing, and it always has been. It's been a black hole since Lennox Lewis, even more so since Tyson. So, if you want to talk about it, as far as sports betting, you want to talk about a black hole and just stuff. So, everything leading up until the fight uh, Saturday night, that entire week, 
Deontay Wilder this. Deontay Wilder yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Deontay Wilder this. Tyson Fury has no shot. Yada, 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 yada. Because he got yada. the highlight of the fight with the, dr- the knockdown. Of course. The first fight. Even though I'm probably in the minority that think that well, Tyson got also, robbed in the first the, fight. The other reason is, is that they want terribly an American heavyweight champion well, more I, than anything in the world. I, I completely agree. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, think I, want, that would be a, I want an American heavyweight champion too. I, I think that would be great. And especially for someone like Wilder. I love Wilder. Yeah. Um, but the other, th- but like I said, everyone's like, Wilder this, Wilder this, Wilder this. You're going to knock him out. Tyson Fury can't do it. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, everyone's writing Tyson Fury's out. Everyone's writing him off. You put fucking money on that guy. The, 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 he the was kind only of, a slight underdog when it came to betting time. But it, but it's still enough. Where you, yeah, where sure, there was, dude, sure. I put but those I, odds. You should put money on Tyson Fury. Dude, I put 150 on him and I walked away with like 550. What do you think about uh, just shift gears, Josh? How far along are we? Just so I can two and a quarter. Two hours, two minutes. Okay. Um, what do you think about the um, the UFC booking uh, Henry Cejudo versus Jose Aldo? I don't hate it, but I just think Henry Cejudo is gonna not beat his ass, but I think he's gonna hurt him pretty good. I know some people are complaining that it's Aldo. Was coming off two losses, and they could have easily been two wins when you look at it. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's but still it just, Jose Aldo. This dude. is also this is also the truth. Yoel Romero's getting a title shot coming off two losses. It's, so it, it, I, I with Jose Aldo, he if he got brained in his last two fights, I would have an issue with. But it. no, it was. I mean, it was he, close. He was very he, competitive he, in both fights. I, most people I know scored the uh, Moraes fight for him. I did. Um, I I scored it for Moraes slightly, but it was one of those ones that could have gone either way. Um, I think Cejudo is gonna uh, hurt him bad. I think he's gonna hurt him, but I but here's the. Aldo Aldo's not throwing kicks anymore. I don't think he's going to run through him. I think it's going to be a tough fight, but I think Cejudo catches, I, catches him I think clean Aldo, on the draw. Aldo is going to do well early on, if he, especially if he uses his kicks, but I think the fear of the takedown will stop him from doing that. And Aldo has some of the best takedown defense of all time. Yeah, facts. But I think Cejudo's pace is too much. I think he's a little too strong. Uh, over five rounds, where, I think where, it's going to be... T- well, where are they fighting? 135? 135, yeah, 135, yeah, where Aldo just fought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm very interested to see that fight because it would be a really cool story if Aldo... And I don't even like Aldo, but he's a legend and I respect him. And I even legends I don't like, I get to a point where I, I start to get upset watching them fight for so long. And it happened with so many of the pride guys from Fedor to Vanderlei, who I was never a big fan of. Um, Shogun, um, uh, we just had Fedor, Chuck Liddell, uh, Rich Franklin, uh, Forrest Griffin was getting brained. Uh, Hoist, Tito Ortiz just fought Alberto Del Rio and it just got overturned today. Um, and I, they haven't revealed why because Texas doesn't release information about why um, suspensions happen or oh, whatever. Cool. Yeah, but it was probably some type of steroid or maybe weed. I don't know. But um, uh, I, there's a few good things coming up in the UFC. There was a, a Dan, a Paul Felder, Dan Hooker fight over the weekend was fucking great. Yeah, I missed that. It was that. a great fucking and fight. Then, uh, you got uh, Joe, uh, uh, Benavidez fighting this weekend. Benavidez fighting for the title, yeah. which uh, he is one of the best ever to never win a title. He's also one of the smallest people. I The picture I have of me and Joseph Benavidez, I look like the fucking big show next to that guy. Yeah. It's fucking almost comical how much bigger Where? I am. He's and he he in his prime man. He also took one of the worst knockouts I've seen in that weight class. The second time he fought Mighty Mouse, he got one punched, one hitter, quitter, out cold. When Mighty Mouse wasn't really finishing people at that point, right. but he's a, an animal fight. I love. I've always liked Joseph Benavidez. Um, he was one of those first 125 guys that worked that pace that was just so out of control yeah. that you were just like, how? Does 
someone move like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for that. Uh, did you check out any of the uh, the Kobe memorial or any of the clips? I, I it was just too sad. But I I do I did watch like bits and pieces. What Vanessa said was absolutely oh, she, inspiring. She was so eloquent up there. Very, the way she spoke, powerful. Such, such a strong woman. I, I really really appreciate. Yeah, you got to admire her. Um, um, everyone. Sh- Shaq, yo, Shaq's story. Shaq's story. I don't know if you heard Shaq's story. Wait, that he goes. Uh, someone someone complained to me about uh, Kobe not passing the yeah, ball. Kobe's not passing so I said, I'll have a word for him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. He said, nah, but there's a me, motherfucker. <laughs> like, there's a me in that motherfucker. There's a me yeah. in that motherfucker. And then Jordan obviously stole the show with mentioning the crying Jordan meme. It's like, now I gotta see another, now I gotta see Dude, another fucking I lost meme. my shit at that. I was like, that's fucking funny. Because Jordan's a guy that doesn't really go into the public spotlight unless he, he's stiffing gamb- uh, dealers and not giving them tips after gambling. I say, yeah, you really don't see him all that much anymore. Yo, if you ever down in AC and you talk to any of the dealers about who they've talked to, you'll catch one every so often that says Michael Jordan is the meanest, cheapest motherfucker there is. He doesn't tip nothing. He doesn't tip servers, anything like that. Just notorious. And he'll stay at the same table for six hours straight and then get his father killed because of gambling debts. <laughs> I don't know if I actually believe that. I do believe he played baseball because they wanted to avoid him getting caught gambling while he was playing. Sure. I, that is the most practical thing, obviously. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, there hasn't been any new Astros stuff, really. They have gotten deemed seven times in four spring training games. I'm, and I'm, I'm waiting for my Houston Asterix shirt to come in. <laughs> Did you order one? Yeah. Which one? From Barstool. What does it say? It says Houston Asterix. Asterix? I like that. It's a Houston Asterix, I, but there's an Asterix where the Asterix See, Astros that's why be. I like things like that more than I like stripping the title because it's just going to be a stain on them forever. Yeah, and then I have, and, a, and then I have another shirt that it's, it says it's only money. Uh, how mad are people going to be if they win the World Series this year? Uh, most. <laughs> well, we, the Yankees just had two, uh, two big injuries. Severino, I can't say I'm surprised, but Stanton, I can say I'm really not surprised. <laughs> well, weren't, it wasn't last week when you were hyping him up? No, no, no. I wasn't hyping no, him up. No, all he was, was, he was asking him to stay healthy. Not to get hurt. Not to just stay healthy, dude. Now, now how games. long until Judge gets hurt now? I will talk about it. Well, here's the thing. You should know that if I talk about it, it's less likely to happen. No, no, it's not. Yes, it no, is. Because if I because say, you know what? That's just the way that it is. If you talk about it in jest, it's going to fucking well, I'm happen. Not saying, should, I'm they, not they saying should... Glaber Torres is going to stay healthy Shut all the year. Fuck up. And I'm not saying that Garrett Cole is also going to need Tommy John surgery. But that would be catastrophic, they, dude. Well, listen, listen. Oh. It, it, it should be on paper, but people were freaking out about Severino last year. He pitched three games last year. Like, let's and be he, real. And he pitched okay. He pitched okay, but he pitched. In, they were the division was already clinched at that point when he came back. Um, they won 103 games without Garrett Cole last year and without Severino. They uh, Stanton didn't play a ton last year. Judge missed a ton of time last year. I, I you can't write the Yankees off after they have injuries. I, I just, the Mets uh, have one injury and then the whole team is decimated. Yo, Seth listen, Lugo, it's not Brandon that, that. Nimmo got sent home today to get a cardiac test. I, well, they I scratch him from the lineup because they needed further cardiac testing. Well, I don't know. If that's something to do with your heart, then take all the time you need. No, no, get on the field, die in glory. No. <laughs> but like but like we someone, don't need you. someone like Seth Lugo, like yo, he broke his pinky toe because he stubbed it in his hotel room, you asshole. Yeah, that's what I mean. Best like, relievers in baseball. Well, the, the Yankees fucked this whole thing up with Severino. Like that the way they handled Severino yeah, was bad. very Mets like because he missed most of last year with shoulder things, and then they said it was elbow tightness, and they're like, oh no, his medical 
ankles are fine. And I'm like, if it was the Mets, to be like, no, he's going to miss the entire year. Like, I know how this shit works. Yeah. And then it comes out, he act, when they, I saw it, when you texted us last week that uh, he had forearm tightness, I was like, yo, it's got to be Tommy John. You don't go this long and continued elbow issues unless you're getting Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And they just signed him to an extension uh, last year, was it? For He literally has the same uh, contract as Carl Pavano. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's the same exact contract. And, like, literally the money in the years is Carl Pavano. Josh, comment. <laughs> Josh, thoughts? Comment. How long? In, okay, so do you Come think on, there's going to be any Come other on. injuries this year? Yeah. Who do you think is going to get hurt? <laughs> yeah. Aaron Hicks. Come on. Well, yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, facts. I, I remember he might already be hurt. Dude, Greg Bird definitely going to get well, Greg hurt. Greg Bird's not even on the team it anymore. Doesn't matter. Yes, he is. No, he's not. He's yes, he he's on. No, he's on the Texas Rangers now. I believe. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he's not. Let's see. I'm pretty sure he's not with the Yankees anymore. Everyone googled at the same time. Whoever let's gets see. it first is an asshole. I don't think he's with the Yankees anymore. Yeah, I could. Oh, he is still with the Yankees. Josh and. Asshole. Uh, that's okay. Uh, wow. They no. He's with the Texas Rangers, dude. Are you sure? Yes, I'm 100 sure. Greg Bird, professional first baseman with the Texas Rangers. Oh, I yeah, I thought he was with the Rangers. Well, whatever. He's still gonna get hurt. <laughs> no, it's, uh, listen, well, if, Voight, if, if Voight will get hurt. If I'm the if I'm the, if I'm the Yankees, I find any way to put Lemayhew in right field for fucking Stanton. I I mean. <sighs> I mean, yeah, because Stanton isn't a great outfielder. He's not a bad outfielder. That's no, a no, I, I, no, wait, hold on. Uh, left, what is he? He's uh, Stanton's left field. Judge is right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you put him in left field. I, then. I honestly like judges. See, the thing with judges, I have the same worries with him that I do Stanton. It's just the way they're built. It, they're not built like baseball players. There's oh. more muscles to tear. When yeah, Noah no, they're, they're really put, they're really built like well, Stan's like like a football player. Judge is like a basketball player. Well, Judge is even bigger than Stan, which is crazy. Yeah. Judge is built like fucking of like Ray Lewis. Like yeah. he's the, that size. Remember when Noah Syndergaard in the 2018 season he came in and he put on like 20 pounds of muscle, and up. I was worried right away. I'm like he's gonna hurt something. And a month in, he, he tore fu- he tore his lap and he fucked up his. The back, more yeah. muscles you have, the more likely there's something to get torn. Mm-hmm. And it's in a game. It's not like someone was asking me today, actually, why is it that you don't see these kind of injuries in footballs often? I'm like, well, baseball's nature is start, stop, quick twitch. You're literally, you run as full sprint 90 feet away. Then you're standing there, but you got to lead off and then come back. Your muscles are just going through this start, stop, start, stop, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. You're sitting on the bench. You're standing in the outfield. The muscles have more opportunity to tighten up and pull. And if you have more muscle, it's more likely one of those things is going to pull. That's why you look at certain guys and the way they're built, you're surprised they have power. You're surprised. They're never hurt. Pete Alonso is just a big dude. He's just a big guy. Keep eating cheeseburgers and home runs, dog. Yeah, dude. I mean, certain guys, you think about the way they were built, they never got Bartolo Colon never got hurt. I was going to say, Bartolo Colon just, got he, hurt. He just likes to throw down Modelo and throw fastballs. Yeah, I mean, look at the Grom. He's a, a beanpole. Doesn't knock wood, doesn't get hurt. And it's just the way that things are in baseball yeah. is the more muscle is the more likely yeah. you're going to start tearing things. Well, same, I mean, same thing, too. I would say, didn't uh, Stroman really hasn't had that like a big injury? No, he yet? hasn't had a ton of injuries. Yeah, not that bad. It's just, um, I, I was happy to see they released the top 100 prospects in baseball, and the Mets had four or five in the top 100. Specifically, their shortstop prospect. Jimenez. Uh, no, not Jimenez. Uh, Ronnie Marcino. Oh, Marcino. Um, he, went, he was at like 98 last year. Now he was 16 on Keith Law's list. That's nice. And he's only 18 years old. Our um, catching prospect went from being unranked to being number 42, and he's only 19. Um, it, he, there's, if he's that good, he'll see the majors soon because we need a catcher. The thing is, with 
catcher though is it takes a lot longer no, to get that. up. Especially what? Hey, listen. If the if by next year the National League has a DH, quicker chance of it happening yeah, because sure. then you can work on those things. Um, but we'll see. I I don't know. I think there will be um, the the DH in the NL next year. At this point, I, they're trying it in spring training. I saw. You know what? Well, no, they they almost always have the DH in spring oh, training. I didn't know that because the the only level of professional baseball that does not have the DH is the National League. Okay. Including wow. Japan, Korean, the Korean League. That is fucking stupid. And mind you, in my perfect baseball world, the DH doesn't exist. There should be no DH in the, a perfect the, baseball the, world. Yeah, the pitchers have to hit. I, that's how it should be. There's that's, more strategy. I, 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 I agree, really. It's, but I also realize that it's unrealistic. The players' union would never allow them to eliminate the DH because it's helping guys have longer careers and make more money. Well, I, I just think I, I just I like the idea of having the pitcher go up. You got to run around first with no outs, and then you bunt them over to second. I just, and get him in scoring position. It's not even that. I don't, I'm saying is I, I don't know why. Like I just like that old school small ball well, style. That's not even what I like as much as I like the idea of late in a game. You you have to decide if you're leaving your pitcher in or taking him out. When you're doing a double switch, where you're moving the pitcher spot in the batting order, you're moving him to third so he doesn't bat again, and things like that, yeah, or right. you could get a pinch hitter up sooner. Yeah, right. There creates more strategy in the game, and you have to be more creative. When you have a guy that can bat every single time in DH, and in DH, yes, I understand it's more conducive to runs and you know excitement, whatever, more home runs. Guys can rest more, not have to play the field. You can extend the career of a guy like Albert Pujols by him being a DH regularly. But as far as pure base, and I am absolutely a baseball purist. I hate the changes that they've made. I hate the replay. Um, I, the DH, to me, it, it just kind of it, it dumbs the game down. Sure. There's less strategy in the D, with the DH. In, I know the, the American League fans' argument is, uh, well, the National League's inferior because of that. Fine. If that's what you want to say, whatever. That's fine. We, we've seen National League teams win just as many World Series in the last few years. It's been Cubs, Astros, Red Sox, Nationals. Like, let's let's be fair here. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird. National League Baseball, to me, is no DH. It's just like I, I kind of like that. There's a separation between both. Leagues, well, the other way they could. You. The other thing I hate, and I hope that we get another team in the National League soon. I don't like there being interleague games every single day of the season. That was after that started after the Astros moved to the American League in 2014, I believe it was, because of the unbalance. There had to be an, an interleague game every day. It used to just be interleague took place from like beginning of June to the end of uh, beginning of July. And it, it always started with the Subway Series. You play your American League teams. You go to them. They come to you. And then interleague play is done. Now, the Mets' final season uh, series of the season could be against the fucking Mariners. Yeah, let's get people excited for Royals versus Rockies. That's had some really uh, gripping stuff there. Yeah, right. I, 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 I Honestly, I'd prefer no interleague play at all. At all, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like the, the the month and a half where you just get it out the way. I, I would I would much prefer I'm, that. I'm saying if like I have to that, pick that sounds more two, that sounds more practical. It would. It used to be like, fun. Like if you have it, to, do it used it. to be fun, Josh. And it, when it would just be that one month when you knew, oh shit, um, the Angels are coming. We're gonna yeah. get to see these different guys. We're gonna get to see Garrett Anderson. Um, it used and now to, it's not that hard. No, now it's like it, it. It's you're playing the American League teams that well, year, no matter what. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when I went to the Subway Series last year, it was pretty cool to see the Yankees and the Mets play. Yeah. Yeah, like I, cool. I'd be I even like fine that. if they got rid of interleague play, but somehow you always have those inter like Cubs, White Sox, Mar or 
Marlins, Rays, not that anyone gives a shit about that, <laughs> yeah, but no, no Angels, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, I'm fine with that even. Um, you know, now we have the NFL also doing their new, trying to get the new CBA that the players it's are. It's not going to happen. Um, I think they'll it's, end it's, up being it, a lot. Well, you know, one it, of the it's, why. It's, the, it's not going to pass like first time through. Do you want to know why now apparently the owners are really pushing for it is because of what's been going on with the stock market because of the coronavirus fears. The owners are terrified right yeah, now, apparently. Tell me, tell me about it. I've been watching it for the last three fucking days. The, the coronavirus. The, oh, no, the, oh it's, it's affecting the yeah, price Oh, oil. yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought you were saying you were scared of coronavirus. No, I'm not. Um, well, until, until it's eight, on my back door. Well, to be fair, my backyard. 83 suspected cases in Nassau County, New York today. Yep. Um, but um, I there's some – so they want to add this 17th game, right? And basically the way it would go is that 17th game would be an at-a-conference game. So it, it wouldn't even be because you always play one out of conference division. No, I know that, but I'm but saying it would but be just a, some random team. But like, what's the significance of that? Like, like what, what would that hold? Just a, one to more make one sure on there isn't to make sure that there isn't an unbalance in tiebreakers in the AFC or NFC. Yeah, but like last year, but like who needs to see the fucking who needs to see the Steelers in the playoffs last year? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. Well, they want they're going to add another playoff spot. I know, I know that. Question. What I'm saying is, but like, who needs to see like how mediocre Duck Hodges was last year? Yeah, well, I like, mean, like, uh, so the the final game of the season potentially. And it would be the last game of the season. This out of con- apparently, this is just rumor and speculation right now. So potentially, the Broncos' last game of the season could be against the Rams. It could be against the Bucks, the Falcons, the Saints. Just some random, not even the division you're playing. There's some prospects here that make it interesting because just like the Subway Series every year, you could do Giants Jets every year. You could do Rams and Chargers every year. But what happens in the year when you're playing your division? Do they play twice? I don't know. It's I don't know. I think they're. It's weird. I mean, well, I, no I, one's going to say no to another I, week of football. Well, I th- well I, we're not as fans, but I think the players. I will. Are, the players are saying. I'll say no to it right fucking now. Why? Oh, because I would love to see the Falcons go fucking <laughs> seven and fucking ten, or fucking uh, uh, or or nine and fucking eight. But here's the thing: you say that, you'd still watch week seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your you protest teeth. your protest would actually well, be not I, watching I, football from, at all. From like from my understanding is the main gripe is that it, it's it's the pay for the 17th well, game. Well, apparently they um they, they, they already eliminated that. That's out of the question, but there's still a lot of players who don't want a 17th game. And I don't and blame them. I no, blame I mean them why would they? I the NFL needs to eliminate the preseason entirely. Make them make them mm. open scrimmages. I don't agree with that. Two preseason games. You need the preseason. Listen, preseason. Some listen. People make careers sometimes in preseason games. But so, teams lose get, money on but, preseason but, games. But, but it has. To, I mean, you can't they, just the players. Get rid of it don't, like the players that. don't get paid for preseason. They're not. They they have issues with not getting paid enough for a week seventeen. Less and less players want to play in preseason because they literally don't get paid for them. That's why suspended players can play in preseason games. They don't make money off them. And the the NFL teams, the owners specifically, make no money on them. So this is the one thing that if we want to have football before. For this lockout, we need to agree. Get rid of preseason. Make them open scrimmages to the fans where it could just be the Giants and Jets doing a scrimmage against each other. You don't need officiants there. You don't need it. Just let them do scrimmages like they do in practice. It'd probably be a more fun experience than watching the bullshit they go through in preseason games where it's borderline unwatchable besides the first half of the third game. But the preseason will be completely gone within the next five years. It'll be completely gone. You just you can't get you can't make money off it. That's the, the unfortunate truth of it. They make no money off those games. And the players make no money 
off the games. The teams lose money when they play them, and the players make no money, which is fucking crazy. That That's crazy to me that you could fucking, you're in a contract year, and you play in the first preseason game, you get injured, and you didn't even get paid for that day. I don't know. I, I'm just biased because we, you find someone like a Philip Lindsay or a Victor Cruz in the preseason. You, you could, but I think in a lot of those cases, they're going to see that there, people like that, like Philip Lindsay, who clearly can fucking play, they would have shown up in practice. They, he was getting preseason reps because he was showing in practice. You know what I mean? No, I know that. I'm just saying, like, but uh, when you like equating that to a game speed, there's two completely different things. You also get a lot of people in preseason that you think they can actually play, and then they hit the regular season game. So of for course. every Philip Lindsay's, there's a thousand Brady Quinns. Of course, who light it up? Oh yeah. Um, with, but, yeah. With, yeah. Denver trades three fucking draft picks for him. Stupid. But, yeah, exactly. All right, you want to wrap this up? Our hot takes first. Uh, I don't know if I have one this week. I really don't. I mean, I don't really have one. Other Josh, than, do you have a hot take? No. No. I don't really have anyone. I just, I just, I just realized it's nine. I'm tired. Bro. It's nine. Yeah, I, dude, I've been sleeping so bad. I, I told you last week I was sleeping terrible. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting I'm, like three I'm, hours a night right now. I'm, I'm on call this weekend, so I'm trying to oh, sleep. I can sucks. before this weekend. Like I, I, and I, dude, this is how bad my sleep is. I'm not even jerking off at all, and I'm still not sleeping. <laughs> all right, guys, this is episode 90 of You Watch I Listen. We're just 10 away from our 100th episode, drunken extravaganza. It's gonna be fucked up. It's uh, the hot dog eating contest. Um, sure. I got to get all our participants together. You. Spooner, um, Ralph. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm doing it like. Uh, I'm gonna be like Howard Cosell while I yeah, do. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be video. Bob is gonna uh, do it. I bet you Quaz will do it. You want? You Hopefully need. Uh, you need a, a commentary. Uh, you need a co-anchor. I do need a co-anchor. I'll figure out one. Yeah. Um, I'll figure out who wants to be my co-anchor. Probably maybe Growhow will do it. I don't think he wants to eat, but yeah. um, I, I'm gonna put all my money on you. Okay. Maybe we should sort of like a little betting pool too. Okay. Um, get everyone involved. Um, and you can bet on yourself. Be funny if you bet on someone else. <laughs> I would. Too. I got to create the odds. No, you, so, you, you, so instead of like you have to do winners and you have to do over unders. Yeah, how many hot dogs they eat? Over oh, that's under. a good idea. I think before baseball season starts, we're going to do over unders on teams too. I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah, All right, guys, I, I'm 100 percent putting money on like over and unders for a couple of teams. Don't this year. don't bet on the Mets. I did that last. Don't year bet terrible. on your own team. It's or, the dumbest or, thing or, you could do. It was worse when I said when I put I put 100 dollars on Degrom having the most wins last year. Yeah, that was the that was really dumb. What do you go 10 and seven? Yeah, then he won the Cy Young. Fucking stupid. All right, guys, episode 90. You watch, I listen. Thank you, Bet DSI. Thank you, Lobo Sound. Thank you, hashtag Shots for Cunts podcast. Shots for Cunts. Goodbye, Taylor. Goodbye, Josh. Goodbye, Goodbye Cunts. Goodbye, people.